Welcome everyone to the Fade Connections Path of Exile Community Podcast, episode number 76. We're two weeks into the Path of Exile 3.18 Sentinel release. And after last week's first impressions, now we have a, a little bit of a refined opinion on the topics at hand. And in order to discuss what we've found and what we've learned in the meantime, there's also been, of course, some adjustments rolled out to the rare and magic monster mod system which we're going to discuss. And that's what we're going to do today with Balor Mage as usual. But we're joined by Captain Lance, who is uh, big on the YouTube and is... Uh, uh, I don't want to say anything wrong. I'll just let you introduce yourself in a second. And of course, <laughs> Jack Central, the cult dot guy, uh, built author that everyone loves. Uh, Captain Lance, you're big on the YouTube with uh, PUE videos and people praise you for a good explanation of the recombinator crafting. But how would you introduce yourself to people who haven't heard you on this podcast here? What would you like the people to know? I am a gambling main who plays Righteous Fire occasionally. <laughs> Gambler main because they, re they introduce recombinators, and although they are great for crafting items, they're also great for losing everything you own in a blaze of glory. Uh, but even when they burn you so, so hard, um, I'm hooked. I can't, I can't stop. I can't help but go back. Because they, they, give you, they give you these nuggets of just golden results that pull you in. So I'm hardcore addicted to recombinators. So that's why I want people to know me as a, as a, as a gambling addict. Four and foremost. Also, I have... I actually am married and I have a couple kids. And I'm only doing PUE content when I can find the free time, which isn't too often. It's kind of hard for me to get a time that work to come on the podcast. So I'm just glad I can be here. Yeah, same. Glad that you're here. And uh, welcome once again. Great introduction. I... Don't think I have anything to add for now. And I'm hoping that uh, there's a lot that you can share from your experiences going down the gambling rabbit hole. Uh, we haven't talked to you either in a, in a while, Shaq. How have you been? How has your league start been going? What have you been up to? Uh, I've been doing good. I, I appreciate being back on. It's been fun. I, I kept telling people the, the big meme lately in our channel is that Captain Lance and I are the same person now that I'm playing Righteous Fire. So it's, it's nice to get on here and dispel the rumor once and for all. <laughs> But uh, yeah, and then I realized maybe we actually are because he was like, oh yeah, I'm married. I was like, yeah, I'm married. I got some kids. I was like, yeah, I got some kids. Maybe we are the same person. <laughs> but yeah, the league starts <laughs> going really well. You're accommodating. I, they, I'm getting there. I'm getting there. Uh, yep. Confirmed. We are the same yep. person. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, ju just from a different time period, like slightly you know, a couple months behind. Yep. Weeks, days. Yeah, sounds great. Uh, Balor, how has the, the Headhunter Copium level been? Uh, I ran out. My Copium truck is empty. Headhunter's trash. Around the bin. Oh, no. I'm Wait, out. they're going to bump it, though, right? <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, sure. When? 3.19? Yeah. Maybe I'll look next league. I don't know. It ran out today. I've been... I've been holding out and feeling good about Headhunter until this morning. And then, I don't know, something just happened. I just ran out. I just ran out of copy. It's been too long. They've been like, we're going to buff Headhunter. And then they just never did. And now I'm, I'm done. <laughs> I'm done. I don't want to wear it anymore. Get this belt off me. So when when do you get the Mage Blood? Um, I'm probably just going to go with a double percent stat. Well, 
because I don't really like Mage Blood that much. But I'm an Omni build, so like, if I get a, yeah, I'm playing Omni, so if I get a double eighteen percenter, yeah, it's crazy damage. Yeah, and then then it can be crafted. Like it can have like a hundred and eighty flat or something. It'll probably end up with only a hundred and twenty flat or something like that. But better than better than the headhunter. <laughs> I'll just put one inspired learning in. It'll be like I never took the headhunter off. <laughs> yeah, I hear that the the difference between getting one or two inspired learning and actually having a headhunter is not that big anymore. And uh, nope. the belt slot is something that one should not give up easily. So there's definitely other good choices. On the bright side, I am 17% of the way through level 98. Oh, wow. So my character is pretty tanky. And I'm, I'm doing like double beyond delirium mirror stuff where I get like 300 splinters in a run. Like I'm doing, I'm doing dangerous content and I'm still leveling. That's two deaths away from agony. <laughs> I think I died like seven or eight times today, too. Like, I'm not dying. Yeah. I'm just making so much XP, it doesn't matter. Yeah. It just keeps going up. Nice. Did you say 70 or 17? No, seven or eight times. I'm at, I'm at 17%. I hit 98 today. Oh, right, right, right. Nice, nice. Not too shabby. Yeah, I'm still on 97. Like, we've we've been relatively close in level, Valor and I, even though we have, like, a completely different approach to playing the game. I mean, yeah. sure, I'm, I'm in softcore trade this time as well, but I still, like, pick up way too much in comparison to what Valor does, and I, I identify too much, and I spend too much time in my hideout and not, like, actually farming stuff. But yeah, I'm I'm 97 on my Skelly Mage Necro. I got the the double plus one wand. I got the sought after plus three double support helmet that I paid 16x for. And um Great. currently I've been trying to uh <laughs> to upgrade my amulet. I have an elder amulet with plus one skeletons, but what I really like is a citron amulet with plus one skeletons and plus one all skill gems. But in order to get that, you need to recombine that because the plus one skeletons can only happen on an elder base or on a, uh, on a delve item. And if you recombine an elder base, we'll get into recombinator stuff later. <laughs> but yeah, that, that's basically the upgrade that I should be working on right now. And, um, yeah, I feel like with all the buffs up and everything summoned, and uh, the minions having charges, I'm at like 5 million Shaper DPS-ish. There's, there's still a lot of room, but I, I can already feel like, especially because it's a summoner build, right? I, I barely have contact with other things. Like I, When I go into a boss or in a map boss, the Val summon skeletons just keeps every bu- everything busy with the taunt. And the mage skeletons do all the damage, and I just run circles until everything is dead. Um, very... Non-mechanical gameplay, which is cool for a change. Like I set out this league to do something completely different than what I usually do. Usually I play HCSSF and and very very mechanical stuff. I have to outplay, uh, and this time I'm I'm just doing everything differently. Different Atlas strat, different character, and different league. So oh, how do you like totem oh, build? How do you like the totem build you're playing? Yeah, I've called a totem build as well. It's better than a totem build. You can't make your totems immune to damage, but the skeletons mm-hmm. are immune to damage for four seconds after you spawn them. Yeah, but it's just totems, right? Like, it doesn't play like a minion build. Yeah. 
Well, it plays like a minion build in the sense that you have your, your, all your minions, right? Like if you play a totem build and you don't have all the minion scaling, you're not playing necromancers, so you're probably not running like utility specters and animate guardian and stuff. But yeah, other than that, it's like a totem build. Although I don't really know what's the difference between a totem build and a minion build. I think in terms of key presses, like I played the totem only league, uh, at the end of 317, who I forget who was running that, but, um, it, now that I've uh, I found a dead reckoning in SSFs, so I started leveling up a Skelly Mage's character, and my the actual clicks that I'm doing, like the gameplay, is almost identical. It's like run half a screen, right click, run half a screen, right click, and I guess pretty much it. Yeah, because the positioning matters for the skeletons before you get the blessed rebirth, right? You need to position yeah. them in a way that they're away from the enemy, but they got a good line of sight so they can shoot because they have like a, a really big target acquisition range and even a bigger yep. range that the projectiles can hit still and damage. So uh, they don't actually move. If they have a line of sight to the enemy, you spawn them, they instantly start casting their spells and they don't like actually try and reposition a lot. So in that sense, they're like totems. Yeah, it sounds a lot like totems. <laughs> yeah, very, very similar. Stationary projectile targeting eye units. <laughs> it's just a totem skin, really. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but but enough about my league start. Uh, do you want to talk about uh, your league start, Captain Lance? Maybe you're playing RF. Yeah, yeah, I league started Trickster RF because word on the street is everybody was playing Inquisitor RF, and I like to be a special snowflake. Um, so part of it, it's like, I, I don't feel like, if some if a bunch of people are doing that thing, I don't want to do that thing because I feel like it's already been done, it's not experimental, it's not interesting or whatever, and part of me was, the other part of me was like, I had some ideas for making Trickster work with Righteous Fire, and I really have liked Trickster in the past, but it's taken a lot of like hits in terms of like Patient Reaper getting nerfed, losing its good Ghost Shroud node to get back. Heartstopper, which arguably for basically everything but RF is useless pretty much as, a, as an ascendancy choice. And so I wanted to see how well I could make it in, in the energy shield-based character version. And it ends up being pretty decent on the high end, but it's like so expensive to get there. And before that, I'm just like, this is worse than Inquisitor, this is worse than Inquisitor, this is worse than Inquisitor. And then by the time I hit that threshold of like GG gear, I'm like, ah, it's a good build now! <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I remember Pox doing uh, Righteous Fire with explosions on Chieftain. And and just always, like, whenever people asked him about the build, being like, this is just straight up worse than Inquisitor. Don't do this. Do Inquisitor. But I'm doing this because it's fun and I want to figure it out. But Inquisitor is so approach. I took I took that build and went, hey, Explode Chain looks great. And so I just put the whole Explode Chain conversion from Fizz Explosions on the Inquisitor. And you just get the same chaining explodes, but you get to play Inquisitor. It's fine. Just it's better. Inquisitor yeah. just better. <laughs> yeah. Like you don't have to be a chieftain to do explode chainy things. Mm-hmm. Just put that stuff on the Inquisitor. It's fine. Yep. Turns out pious path just good. <laughs> yep. It's disgusting. And that really is that really is the whole ascendancy too. Oh, it, it completely is. It's like you get so nothing weird. except pious path. Literally, the crit node is a dead node, and augury pendants is arguably not very good either. I mean, it's okay, yeah. but it's like, yeah, it's basically just pious path carrying all this. Yeah, and then for Uber Lab, you don't even have anything for for RF, right? You just get the stat node, right, with the fifty. You get some crit for fire trap, and that's it. Twenty five flat life, good crit chance, yeah. <laughs> a seventy point. Yeah, it's, the attributes aren't terrible, but they're not great. It gets a little easier to put gear and gems on. 
That's that's what you get. <laughs> the thing is, though, it's like you're in Templar, so you already have like decent strength in it usually, anyways. Yeah. So, like, mm-hmm. You're not even struggling for those attributes. I would trade. I would trade both of those for just fifty decks. That's what I needed anyway. It didn't change oh, anything. Yeah. <laughs> in a heartbeat, I'll take fifty decks, please. Yep. <laughs> Shit, I'll trade them both for twenty-five decks. <laughs> yeah. Give me a plus one, I'm sold. <laughs> that would save me a passive point on the normal tree, which is what I need right now. <laughs> yep. Yeah, actually, could I just trade those last two ascendancy points for two normal passives? That would be that would be great. Uh. Yep. <laughs> you would think that as a as a Templar or Witch, you always have enough strength or int because you build to the left side anyway, now that armor is so strong and the yep, armor yep. nodes are there, but Dude, I played Absolution uh, Guardian and Gauntlet, and I'm now on this Skelly Mage Necromancer, and I always find I struggle so hard to get the int to actually equip a Convoking Wand for 242 int. Well, that is kind of a lot of ints. Yeah. If you're building to the left, you start grabbing more strength nodes. and Cat, just take a Convoking Wand and recombinate it off. Can you do that? I don't know. Can you get the plus theory, one minion? In theory, you, could, you, you can probably do that, yeah. I mean, you could probably get all the minion mods that a convoking wand can yeah. roll naturally on a non-convoking base. That's Just make a driftwood minion wand, yeah. It's only one yeah. way to find out. <laughs> <laughs> a few thousand recombinators later. I have done it. My non-minion wand has minion mods. <laughs> And that's a, that, that's the only reason you need int that high. You probably free up a bunch of gearing requirement. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I mean, in Gauntlet, I was lucky enough to roll like thirty nine int on my convoking wand itself, so, so the wand enabled itself. That was good. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, I, I'm I'm just like at the point where I'd like to think about getting an elegant hubris, like the timeless jewel that can roll these notables. But it makes so that it makes it so that the small nodes don't give you anything in the radius. So if I was gonna was to put it into the spot that I want to put it, like the the jewel socket between Templar and Witch start, then I lose a whole lot of int and I oh, can't use my wand anymore. Yeah. So yeah. your problems are even worse now. <laughs> yeah. Um, but, yeah. Please go ahead. Uh. Well, I was just thinking real quick about. Uh, I was stuck on the Inquisitor, and the, like we just take it for Sanctuary and Pious Pass. But then I remembered that Sanctuary is a chest mod. You can just get Consecrated Ground while stationary. Yep. Couldn't you just Forbidden Jewel Pious Pass and be like, lol, I'm a guardian? Yep. <laughs> Couldn't well, you, can you just do yep. that? And then I'd say that's use that later. So if you could keep it down about Pious Path being a good jewel to use, I need it to be cheap later. I've been broke recently. Mm-hmm. But, this, but this Guardian's so much better. Yep. <laughs> hmm. I haven't even thought about that. That sounds really good. I, neither have I. I Pretty played gross, that yeah. build like level 96 or 97 or something. I didn't even think about it. You 100% could do that. It'd be really good. <laughs> it's, just, it's just a chest mod to, to drop Consecrated Ground. That's it. Highest mm-hmm. Path already makes effects of Consecrated Ground linger. It does everything you want. You're just a guardian. Yep. <laughs> yep. <laughs> you get block, you get frenzy charges, you get good regen that combos really freaking well with Pious Path. 80% reduced effect of curse. First time yep. affects you, yeah. Because you yeah. probably... You, with pious path, curses already don't affect you, but like now they really don't affect you. Yeah, <laughs> like hundred and fifty percent curse reduction. Yeah. yeah, 
could so even stack some increased more. curse effect on you and still yeah. be fine. No, what I wanted to say is I, that, yeah. oh man, I love that. The, the 100% reduced effect of curses is so good. It was so good in Gauntlet, like being able to actually roll maps and be like, oh yeah, enfeeble, vulnerability, LA weakness, why not? I don't care. <laughs> yeah. Good, as a summoner, you don't care about enfeeble in general, but. That's really good. Yeah. No, it's a, yeah, incredible. But what I wonder, actually, now that you told us that you leak started Trickster RF, Captain Lance, what did you think about the leak start weekend uh, Nemesis modifiers on the rares? Okay, I'm going to have a controversial opinion on this one, because I know everybody, well, from what I've gathered, is most people hated it. It was the worst thing ever. They are super hard. And I don't know, I think you said earlier you and Ballard didn't actually think it was that bad. And I kind of fall in that boat, too, where I didn't really think it, like... Okay, to be fair, my league starter, initially when I had no real defenses, I was dying pretty regularly, right? But I would have died regularly last league too, so it didn't feel all that different. Okay. And by the time I got the defenses I was playing to get, that I think would have made my character tanky. I felt tanky at that point, which is what I normally would have expected. And so personally, I didn't feel like it was that big of an issue, but I also think Righteous Fire didn't get super hard countered as much as some other builds did. For example, my buddy was playing uh, a cold-based build where he has bone chill, he has hypothermia, and there are, like, tons of rares that have immunity to chill, which bricks those two supports, and on top of that, they have, like, plus 10 max cold res, which makes them basically immortal to your cold-based build. So and cannot be frozen. Yeah, 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 basically. So it's, like, it's a scenario where I think I had a build that was actually pretty optimal at not getting countered by a lot of the rare mods, so that's part of the reason it didn't feel so bad for me. Whereas other people might have had a cold base build, and they just get completely hard countered, and then every fi- every fifth rare you run into has the chill immunity t- 10 max cold res, and they're immortal to you, and it feels terrible, right? So, I don't know if I really could have a an accurate opinion when I'm thinking back on it, I'm like, yeah, that's that's screwed, that's kind of scuffed, because if I played a cold base build, I would have been tilted out of my mind. Hmm. Yeah, I can totally see that. Did you run into that that monster that makes it so that you can't regenerate to more than half of your life? I never had an issue with that, actually. I don't know if it, like, doesn't... Okay, so initially I was running a life flask at the beginning of the league, and maybe that just was a good counter to the no-regen mod or something, but the the no-regen guy, I think, is the green circle dude, or at least I think that's what the one it was. But I never had any issue where, where I was like, oh, my regen's gone. So either that's because early league I was running the life flask, and by the time I switched out of my life flask, my defenses were good and it didn't matter. But I never noticed that as an issue. And, and oh, also, if you just move out, I, I made a very complicated uh, guide to avoiding the, that issue, which is just move away from it. It immediately turns, like, it turns off almost instantly. And since you have so much regen... You just you're up back to full in like a second. You just die back in and kill them. Most of them don't last long enough anyway for it to matter. And the ones that do, you literally just move and then go back in. It's it's. I didn't even know what that mod was until I saw people being like, "RF is completely bricked this patch." What I, when I I started RF Inquisitor, um, I think I was like four hours in. I took my first break and I saw the subreddit imploding, and I was like, I haven't had a single issue, because I don't stand still for, like, 30 seconds at a time. Like, I don't understand the problem. We didn't even know, I think it was, I think 10k was saying, like, last league, he didn't even know that Rejuve, like, the Rejuvenator mod was a thing for RF, because it never came up once, and I had no issues with it at all. 
Yeah, I have the same experience of just like I people tell me there's a thing that bricks regen. Are you having an issue with it? And I'm like, there's a thing that bricks regen. I play <laughs> fire on like every build. I play a spell build. It's RF. RF does forty percent more damage. I'm putting it in my build. I have RF. Well, it's an RF build. I play it RF. And like I never noticed that as an issue. So yep. maybe it's just a play style thing, or I have no idea. But I I just didn't notice them. Hmm. Right. Yep. And same for you, Shaq. You played RF right from the start, right? Yeah, yeah. I I went with the I went with the Inquisitor. I've I've been telling people like Captain Lance played a bad RF build really well, and I played the right RF build really badly. That's like the difference between the two of us. But it's uh, it, yeah, it was it's so smooth. It like even in even in I mean I don't think the I don't think league start. I, I don't think there's much of a difference between league starting SSF and and uh, trade league anyway. There's there's so little. It changes a lot when you can um, like twink your gear out and you know do all that. But I got really fortunate. I found a five link and I made a five link in Act Four, so that that probably had something to do with um, that. Probably had something to do with my experience going really, really well. You can. I I, I, I I went into Act Four. It was the as soon as I entered Act Four, I went over to the vendor, saw that the vendor had a five socket item for sale. I put one fusing into it and five linked it like <laughs> that's that's me, that was the luckiest thing i ever had happen at league start what i'm <laughs> hearing is you cheated yep yeah you cheated. Yep. <laughs> so i wore that dude it gets it, it was it didn't even it, it was so ridiculous i i five linked that thing on one fusing in act four in act five i dropped a tabula i wore that until act seven and then i dropped a five link lightning coil and i was like i don't even know what's happening anymore it just it was the easiest league start of all time <laughs> that that does sound an awful lot like how my league start day went though. Mm-hmm. I have suspicions killed, like, about why Shaq thinks SSF and trade are the same. No doubt, he's got stupid RNG. <laughs> like we we jumped into I, whatever not not Weaver the skill point that's like underground at like level four that I forget the name of. We jumped in there and I oh, got yeah. Quill yeah. Rain. I was playing nice. a bow character. And then by Mavail, like we had cooler. it's like level five or whatever. Yeah, yeah. And then we we had a tempest that I couldn't put on yet because it wasn't level nine that I upgraded into, and then that carried me for like four acts. And then it was, and then it was, hey, here's a five link bow that dropped on the ground. It's just as a five link, and then we're like, oh, I'll just throw an essence on it, and we got a flat damage essence, and it hit two other flat damages, and I was like, ah, on we go. See ya. <laughs> yeah, it was really fun. Damn. Yeah, I was really not lucky at all this league start. I was actually struggling really hard before I made the transition to Summoner because everything was so expensive. I talked extensively about that on the last podcast. But now that everyone's sharing their extreme luck, I just want to say one league start like a year ago or so, I actually farmed Blood Aqueducts for humility cards, and then I found a six-socket Widow Silk rope, and I six-linked it in, like, 12 fusings. Hey. And even though that was in hardcore, I had that leveling chest until, like, I don't know, until, like, one and a half months or so into the league because I just, like, switched out of it when I got a better six-link and yeah. then had it for leveling my next character, and I had, like, an, a, a level requirement that was really low. I'm not sure whether it was a Widow Silk rope or a regular Silk rope, but, yeah, it was just level 35 or so requirement and by the way yeah just for the record um because i noticed there was a question there earlier i level 35 is when items can have five sockets 
So you can get them really easy, especially That's straight up act four start. <laughs> yep. But yep. you could even get like a like a you know four socket item from a strong box, but the strong box has additional sockets, so you could even yep. get it on a lower eye level when you can get yeah. four sockets if you're really lucky. Well, so I have to pee. I drank way too much water. I'll be right back. Sorry. Oh yeah, absolutely. Don't worry. Um, let's just. I mean, we already gave our basic impression and opinion of the the leak start. Sentinel uh, Arch Nemesis modifiers, I mean, Balor and I, but there's been some changes, Balor. How do you feel about the modifiers now that we've uh, got the most recent patch where they changed the immunities to percentage reductions? I mean, two things. They didn't change all the immunities, which struck me <laughs> as real weird. Most of them. Real they weird? They didn't remove like, the wither immunity, and that's like... like oh, here's a list of immunities. Stung, yeah. And then they picked like... 80% of them and was like, well, nerf those and we'll just leave the other 20%. Like, what do you mean? Yeah, if you're playing like, elemental damage, it was fixed. If you're playing fizz or chaos, sorry. Yeah. Yeah. So that was weird. But also, like, the last wave nerfs that happened before that one and this one both called for and really good. And the ones that happened before that didn't need to happen. Those were knee jerk reactions yep. that made the game worse. And then once people calmed down and they had time to think about it a little bit, they implemented nerfs that were the correct move in the correct direction, but they're never going to counter the nerf that they put on them to begin with that didn't act, they didn't actually need. So I really wish they hadn't have done that, but I know, I know why they did it. They did it because they needed to do something right now because people were losing their shit. They didn't have time to do anything, so they just went all numbers down. And, but that's not... I don't know. The, these changes have been really good. I do find it a little bit weird that they're still like 70% reduced. I expected them to be closer to 50. But hey, not immune is not immune. I'll take yep. it. Yep. These, are, these are very good changes. Yeah, I've been, I was saying that once, uh, once they kind of settled in and I thought about it for a second, I think I would rather have just hot fixes like 0B through the current one where they actually started addressing the single like the singular problematic ones whereas the previous hotfixes where it was like just nerf the damage nerf the life remove one modifier each time like you said those are i wish it was like day one power level just without the actual problematic stuff immunities things like that mm -hmm. so you're basically saying now that they stripped the monsters of most immunities and replaced them by reduced effectiveness and stuff they could ramp it back up to four monster modifiers max I just feel like we didn't get a chance to see what that was like. Like there were clear problems immediately with things yeah. like the immunities, with how early some of the things were showing up. And because those were fixed after they had already nerfed so much of the power level, we didn't really get to see what it actually was like, what their actual intended uh, like rare overhaul was like without the stuff that just completely bricked a few different builds. Yeah. Because it was basically changed like 12 ish hours into the league already yeah, yeah. without like most of the players having experienced it in end game with a reasonably geared character the the other sort of like i guess mistake at least i don't know if mistakes the right word but like thing that i wish was done better <clears throat> they have very direct control over when what mods can show up at what levels and somebody could have spent a bit of time and been like hmm 
none of these mods get to show up in Act 1. These mods get to start showing it up in Act 3. These mods don't get to show up until maps. And then that would have been a much smoother experience for a lot of people. Like, for instance, rowers, rare rowers in the mud flats, shouldn't be hasted. Get fucked. Nope. That's bullshit. <laughs> I... <laughs> Uh, that's just that's bullshit. I don't even have movement speed boots. I can't outrun this before it was hasted. Now I can't even run across the zone because it will kill me. Have to get a new zone, man. That zone's bricked. <laughs> that zone is done. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Problem with that is that the average new player obviously doesn't doesn't really get the whole instance resetting mechanic. Yes, yeah, so yeah. it's not presented yeah. to you so, in game. So, so those mods maybe they shouldn't exist. Maybe maybe there shouldn't even be an Arch Nemesis mod during Act 1. Maybe in Act 2 you get things like Steel Skin and Gargoyle. Maybe you don't see an Assassin until Act 5. Right? Like, well, so, I mean, this is a... Sorry. No, just really one quick sentence. Uh, I, I just don't think they have anything else, right? Like, rare monsters are defined now by the presence of those mods. So if there's a rare yeah. monster, there needs to be some sort of thing on it. And yeah. if they don't give it an Arch Nemesis modifier, then... In, in Act 1, why do rare monsters need to be anything except slightly tankier versions of themselves? Just I think it's even, it's even more compounded by the fact that like, if you actually watch a new player play, if the, if the issue is like new players being turned off by the difficulty, they're at exponentially more risk of, of quitting early on, specifically because new players clear so much more of each zone than we do so it's not only is it really hard not only is it really difficult early on they're literally killing triple the amount of rare monsters we will because instead of beelining in between each zone and fighting three or four rares a zone they're fighting 10 or 12 so they're running into way more problematic rares and they're fighting them to the death <laughs> yep <laughs> yeah but that goes yeah, both ways the good that goes yeah. both goes both ways because then they also over level so it should be easier for yep. them right over level over gear a little I think that may be part of the issue where you see how many people were saying like, well, there's, you know, I'll run into this combination of gargantuan plus this plus this, and there's literally unkillable. And I was like, I think I've seen in acts one through 10, I saw like one actually unkillable rare on day one. And I think half the reason is just because if, if I'd see a rare, that's not immediately getting like chunked down, I'm just running past it. Like it's just, yeah, just go. Yeah. But you do know how to do that, right? Right. That's the, that's the issue. Yeah. Yeah. And it's like, when I was, I know that you guys mentioned that, I completely even forgot about this on the League Star. I do remember Act 1 through 2, before, basically before, until I got movement speed, every time I saw a hasted rare, that thing killed me multiple times until I got away. Mm -hmm. And if I was a new player, I don't think you just die, I don't know how many countless times before you finally kill it or whatever, right? Yeah. yeah. So I think, I think, I think just those little things would have made it so much better. Just, just like someone sit down and Go through the list and be like, these ones act one, these ones act two. And just add them in over time. Get the list of bullshit ones, put them in only maps. Because even before they were nerfed, even by the time you're like in a five link on a halfway okay build, they were manageable even on yep. day one. Yeah. Like, okay, they were probably still a little overtuned. We still had the immunity bullshit to deal with. That's a whole different thing. But they were like manageable by the time you got to a five link in maps. It's only during leveling that they were just complete bullshit, right? Mm -hmm. Like, that's that's all. Just curate that list a little by hand. That's all. Like, the difficulty is just how hard is that programming-wise to set up exceptions? Like, I don't know how they, what the code is for generating a rare, generating the mods. 
how yeah, difficult would that be either. for them to implement? What dev time do they have to do, do, to uh, put into that? I don't know how complicated to fix, and that's probably like the issue, right? I don't know yeah. if that's something we should care about. Yeah. Like, I know... I know those those sort of, like, arguments get brought up a lot when we're talking about it. Like, oh, but we don't know dev time. But my answer to that is always, but I don't care about dev time. I, I, do, I do, and sort of. Like, I should. Like, I don't want you to waste time on stuff, right? Yeah, but also like, that, right? But all, yeah, and I do. But also, like, when it comes to thinking of solutions... That's not my problem. Right? Like I I'm just I just have a problem. Here's the problem. Here are some potential fixes. Use them or don't use them. I don't care, but solving it is their problem. We should really only care about the user experience, right? Like us that's playing. The, that's other the classic people. um that's the classic magic the gathering standby that they've used for twenty years is players are really good at identifying problems and really bad at coming up with solutions. That's that's their yeah. that's their problem. We can tell you immediately what the issues are, but we're not going to yeah, give you a good right. solution. I guess yeah. the counter argument to that is okay. We don't know how much time it's going to take, but that time is going to sacrifice user experience somewhere else. Like we're we're going to have to give up something. Like maybe we get a suckier league mechanic. Maybe we get underdone something else because they devoted that time elsewhere. And maybe that just means we're going to have a different problem to complain about. I, I mean, I don't know. I'm, but I'm just playing devil's advocate. Obviously, I would still... I'd agree with you. I'd rather the rares be reasonable during acts. They shouldn't just completely raffle stomp you until you have appropriate levels of gear type of thing. Yeah, and so I feel you already said that a little bit, but like once you're going in maps and you get your, your build going, you don't really feel that much of a difference to the old mod system anymore. It's just really early on when you don't instantly kill them. And then, like, every once in a while, like, the odd rare that survives a little bit longer. Yeah. I think the, the scenario where I notice it being different is basically multi-essence monsters, where they are legitimately... They are the boss of the map. The boss isn't the boss. And that's, the like, the one instance where I'm like, okay, this is different. This is a tanky hard rare. And but outside of like essence mobs, I guess I haven't done metamorph, so I don't know. I can't speak for like that, but oh, it's it's bad. It's bad. <laughs> yeah. So I, those are maybe the, the the cases where you notice it, but I personally don't notice it outside of like the special rare cases like that. I could totally like, see metamorphs being bad, but as a summoner, they're like really easy going. Uh, but also with metamorphs, I feel like you have all the agency that you want. Like you can yep. literally select the combination of mo- nemesis modifiers on them. You don't just select all the five do- mods. I mean, yes, that, I yeah, I do. It but depends I also on how many portals care. you got left in your map. <laughs> if I'm at the end, I still got six portals. I'm picking all the ones on the left. I, I, I don't recall <laughs> dying to a single metamorph. I died to one rope metamorph. I, I have no rips to metamorphs at all entirely. Yeah, when it comes to like, as far as I was um, before, I blocked metamorph on my map just because of the current strategy I'm I'm using. Uh, the issues that I had with metamorphs were the fights took an absolutely obscenely long time. Like, I know I'm playing RF anyway, so it's it's kind of a slow, gradual bosser, but... Hey, you have fire trap now. We got damaged. I we, we have some. Um, so it, the the length of time it took to kill him was, was an issue. And the, the weird thing is with Metamorphs is 
you you have control over how tough they are, but when you're not making them tough, they're not you're not clicking the the only way to make them like really not as much of a, a just a slog is to just not take the rewards. And at that point, With why are you fighting a metamorph? Like, yeah, yeah. just fight a tanky I'm, monster to get nothing. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, the, the one thing that's important about that is that the mods on the metamorph can only have one of each kind of thing. So if you get multiple reward tiles, if you get steel skin or whatever, steel infused, whatever the hell it is, steel something. If you get that on one, if you can pick a reward tile that also has steel on the other ones, you get it for free because it can't stack that. So it's just more rewards for no more difficulty, mm-hmm. which is like useful if it's something you care about. You guys like definitely read more than I do. I, got I have no idea. <laughs> I've never read those mods. I click everything on the left that has like chaos orb symbol. That's click that. And I go down the line and then I either find out if I did very badly and I get wrecked or I kill the metamorph. Those That's the so options. weird though. Sometimes the currency rewards have the chaos orb symbol and sometimes they have the chest symbol, right? Yeah, the chest. Yeah. So odd. I do, I do the catalyst one first. And then mm. the harbinger currency, and then the real currency, and then if there's nothing there, just whatever's on the furthest to the left. Yep. Yeah. So I've done I've done them in hardcore before, uh, or even in gauntlet, just for the map sustain. And then I don't do all the way left. Like literally, just just all the right ones. You're so likely to get a map from them because they have, I think they have good baseline quant increase or something like that. Just from being a metamorph, you don't even need to have like special organs in them to make them good. But yeah, I mean, I, I totally see your point uh, in, in softcore. Why would you not go all the way left? And if you click all the left ones, then they can be very rippy if you're playing a build that gets into direct contact with them. I'm impressed you would even touch those on Gauntlet. But uh, like... <laughs> well, I wouldn't do it in red maps, but like I, I was fairly safe until I picked a mod that I didn't know what it meant, and then I got wrecked because I didn't know. But if you know the mods and what they do, you're relatively safe. If you don't pick the the barrages and the what is the name? The well, basically like the dangerous. You're gonna get one more death before you figure out what it is or remember yeah. it. <laughs> yeah, I did the I did the drop bear barrage or whatever, and the, that with multi proj doesn't work. Like, there's a bunch of ones that really mess you up with meta uh, multi proj, but yeah, outside of that. You you can do them fairly safely if you don't go too hard on them. But yeah, it requires so much knowledge of what the individual mod mods look like or the individual abilities that they can use. Uh, there was two more points that I wanted to quickly bring up in regards to it. Something that we've already beaten to death on the last podcast is like, it's not really better in terms of visual stuff. I mean, once you know what the, the mods do... It's great, but it's not really like with a lot of the mods. And we saw that when the, the list was released, most people didn't even know what they did. And one thing I find specifically offensive to uh, newer players is that they impl- implemented a mod in Sentinel League. There's a rare monster mod that's called Sentinel. I don't know. Have you guys seen that when you hovered rares or something like that? It's that Sentinel. I well, legit thought. The Archdem guy from last league because you needed it for Trent. Trient yep. recipe, right, right, yeah. If you played last league, then you knew it from last league. But if you assume uh, like you're a returning player who skipped Arch Nemesis, how many people actually learned what those things were from doing the system? I, I learned what they were in terms of this makes me Trient horde. I didn't learn what like <laughs> the actual thing was. <laughs> that was me too. 
I'm like, what do I need to build? I need to build this. And then you remember their names. That's, yeah. that's yeah. it. Yeah, I'd completely agree. The, the whole argument like, oh, you know what these rares do now. There used to be a bunch of modifier names and you had no idea what they were, but now we shorten the list to these big names or whatever. Like, It's still the same thing. It's a rare with a bunch of like sub-names on it. You have no idea what it is. And by the time you were able to scroll over and read that, the monster's either dead or you're dead, right? It's like, I don't know. It's it's potentially even worse, though, because, like, you know, extra cold damage and powerful crits, even if I'm not an ARPG player, there's something that I can understand from that. But, that you know, sounds dangerous, yeah. <laughs> oppressor and empowering minions, I have no idea what that means. Yeah. Even as a seasoned player, like I have no way of figuring that out without consulting the list. Going to oppress you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So even though, like, it's been pointed out in chat that like GGG may not care as much about the new player experience there because they are aware that okay. most of their players are returning players, but. There's probably a reason for that. I really think that they have to be careful. I'm all in favor of making it a harder game, especially in the end game. But like, I, I don't want people to get obliterated in Act One without being able to tell what they're doing wrong. I think that's really important when the game murders you that you know what you could have done better to prevent it. And right now, I just don't see that the game gives you the chance. I have a few things I, I think about that. One is. If you currently know all your players that are playing your game are returning players, that clearly says, my game's too punishing. New players aren't going to keep playing it. And for me as a player that's like fallen in love, I've enjoyed Path of Exile many years, I would much rather newer players have a good experience, get to the point where they actually enjoy the game and see why it's so fun, rather than me say, hey, come play this game. My friend has a terrible time. He's like, why the hell did I listen to that guy? I'm not going to play that game ever again. And it's like, so your introduction system basically kicks the people right out unless they have an extreme stubbornness or they're a masochist or whatever, right? <laughs> and like, so I think it's more of a, it's a result of the problem, not a, oh, this is why we don't need to care about newer players. It's why we don't have newer players. Yeah. Yeah, it's the same with like Chris saying, yeah, well, we, we don't want to put work into the in-game um, help system because our oh. data shows that no one's looking at that yeah but literally if it's worthless to you look at it and everyone's watching streamers and streamers are like no nah, don't look at that it's worthless information yeah of course no one's looking at it if it doesn't you know it doesn't provide useful information i think it could be so good with a little bit of work yeah this is a long long time pet peeve of mine because pretty much everything that i do is trying to help new players get into the game easier and it's a it's so obscenely difficult um, it's like, if you, if you die early on, you can try to open up that help menu. And like, I think it's a very natural thing to go like, I died. I don't know what killed me. There's gotta be some way to like figure out what did I do wrong? And you open up, there's no, there's no good, there's no good indicator of like that. You can even go to certain third party sites within the game. There's no good in-game help menu that that help menu in the game is horrific. Um, it's a, it's a, it's a big issue and there's just no way to improve on that knowledge without without asking someone who already plays like what did I do wrong what am I doing I I have it, there's so many levels and layers to this and especially it got worse with the arch nemesis mods where it's like okay uh, this thing just killed me I don't know what the issue is and you can't even answer that player's questions without seeing them play because you don't know if it's their if it's their resistances you don't know if it's their life you don't know if it's their passive tree their items you have no clue how to even start helping someone 
it's it's a big big problem. You as a seasoned player, and you can't even answer their question as the new player yep. for your new player problem. It's like to yep. even start walking someone through how to help them, you have to teach them how to go to the Path of Exile website, make their account public so you can even view their character because it starts out private by default, and then you have to <laughs> load it into a third party program just to tell someone at level five, like, hey, um, you're using a wand and you're trying to ground slam. Like that doesn't work. So it's just really really frustrating. That's a really good point. I don't understand why character profiles are uh, hidden by default. I hate it. I hate it. People who make their characters have the next level tech, and they need to keep it hidden so no one knows why they're at the top of the ladder. Yeah, yep. I understand that, but those players could opt in <laughs> rather than having to yep. like opt oh, out yeah, of I'm it when you're sarcastic. new. Yeah, absolutely I, should be opt-in. Yeah. I feel like it might be like a law thing. Like a, like a not, not like game law, like, like real-life legal law i I think there's some there's there's a yeah i think that may legitimately be the case because i know that's that's their whole thing on like the forums with um certain comments being like removed i think it's i don't know if it's specifically even a new zealand thing but yeah that's that can't be i mean there's so many online games that have public profiles by default browser games and stuff like that where as soon as well, you make your character you can be found by other people though, right? how many of them yeah. how many of them have to follow new zealand laws which are yeah. way stricter and way more into privacy well, well, like, I, don't know. I don't know that that's a thing i'm just saying like there's a good chance that that is the reason it could be but new zealand law doesn't apply internationally does it i mean it I, applies to the company that exists in new zealand and to all their operations the internationally as yes. well that's why we can't um that's why we can't have like a scam thread. That's yep, why exactly. if you put a thread yep. up on the forum that says, Hey, this person scammed me, here's all the proof and you're one hundred percent in the right and he's a scammer, that thread gets taken down. Yep. That's because of New Zealand law. They have to. They don't have a choice. Yep. Yeah, that would be interesting to to look into, I think. Yeah. Time to go to New Zealand, you become a citizen. Get elected, change the law, baby. Well, I mean, pro- the law and game. <laughs> Worst case scenario, you might get changed just in time for POE too. The least <laughs> they can do <laughs> is when you sign up and you make your account, it could dire- it could provide a pop-up, yeah. like a first-time thing saying, by law, we are required to have your account private when you make it, but for a number of reasons, it would be recommended to make it public. Do you want to make your account public? You know, just a one time, yep. first time you make your account. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, dev time and, and stuff. I, I, to be I fair, just, though, with, with yeah. any, like, I, this is just coming from me of with, I hate all the random startup questions of this and that whenever you're, like, opening a thing. And now this could be just, I'm a person that hates tutorials or I hate directions or whatever, but things like that, I see pop-ups are just kind of annoying. Like, I'll oh, click past this, click past this. All right, let me play the game. So I don't know how many people would read that. Maybe a lot would. Maybe I'm just an abnormal person. Well, I mean, it's it's not uncommon. There's like a lot of like nowadays when you go into websites, there's all kinds of like privacy pop-ups the first time and cookies and all that. So maybe people would read it. But yeah, you're right. I mean, it's the same as with you know, Apple software update terms of service. No one reads through that. Yeah. Yeah, so... I think we've uh, 
exhausted ourselves on the Arch Nemesis mods, right? There's not much that we can say about it, except that I may paraphrase freely, we all think that it's not as bad as people make it out to be, and if there was actual in-game information and clearer communication, then it could be even a little bit harder and a little bit more punishing, as long as it would give people the option to counterplay and to understand how they can counterplay. I think it, and a hell of a lot less punishing in the acts, I think, is a yeah. pretty big, important yeah. thing, too. Yeah. I'd be totally down for them to, to like, shift the, the balance to make Act 1 way easier and Act yes. 10 way yep. harder than it is. Yeah. Even your hand motion was almost exactly what I was just going to say. Like, if you have a certain targeted, you know, we want, we expect people to spend this amount of time going through X1 through 10, just make it so X1 through 5 is a third of that time and X6 through 10 is two thirds of that time. Just wait it so that it's easier to get into and it doesn't completely kill you and crush you by, by before Brutus. Is I it, could like, be alone in this, but I... Go ahead, Bella. Okay. All right. Um, Acts 1 through 5, it's like you don't have a lot of the cool skills. You get a select amount, and if you're a select class, you may not get another cool skill that you might even like to try. And it's like so much of that initial leveling part where you just don't have the ability to even get a lot of the skills that might be something you that would really like you would enjoy or want to try out as a new player. There's like so much limitation of like yeah. you have five skills to choose from, and they might be five lame ones. Yeah. For a newer player, but then if they get to level 28, they get some of the cooler ones. Like, I don't know. Yeah, not only main damage like, skills, but also in terms of mobility and utility, you're just you very know, restricted. Yeah. So, so important. If you, get, yeah. if you get slogged out in the act's initial stages where you don't have a lot of those things that just make the game so much more enjoyable, I think yeah. that's that would be a huge help as well. You'd have I'd, tools to deal with the rares. I'd be super interested to see the stats on how many people make it to maps once they've made it to Act 6. Because I'll bet that's actually much higher. I'll bet the, the majority of people that dip out and never play again do it before they get through those first five. Yeah, so if I that was a lot quicker and easier... If I'm remembering from a past thing that Chris said, I think it literally is Brutus is literally their hard... I think he said legitimately, like, if someone makes it past Brutus, they tend to play the game a lot more than if they quit before that, because the major. Oh, I think they said something over, like, over 50% of players that, like, don't... that have made an account and played and don't play anymore didn't make it to Brutus. Yeah, and that's what they said during the old Brutus before they made Brutus, like, 100% harder. And then added Arch Nemesis. Now it's going to be, like... Making it to Hailrake is going to be the Make new, like... The rowers. Yep. Yeah, just pass the rower zone. <laughs> the Mudflats is the hardest zone in the first five acts of the campaign. I was watching a Tai Tai speedrun, and he's like, if I just get past rowers, our next challenge is T-16 Guardians. I'm like, to some extent, that is somewhat true. Like, it's stupid how, ro- how much harder rowers are than yep. everything else at that point in the game. Yep. Yeah. If I just make it past mud flats, my next challenge is tier sixteen <laughs> guardians. <laughs> oh, stunlocks and rows are so stupid. That's not even inaccurate. <laughs> and it's mostly because you don't have any any tools to deal with it. Like I, 
Yep. A lot of the act monsters that are scary are also scary in maps because they do scary abilities or they have a high mm-hmm. base damage or high survivability or some sort of nifty trick. But with Roas, once you made it past Mudflats, you never encounter scary Roas again. Not even in, in super-juiced maps. Roas are a joke. But because you have this lack of mobility, no movement Don't speed, no movement skill, it just feels terrible. No There's way no to dodge there. the charging Roa. <laughs> Yeah, and and I feel that that's something that we could so generously apply to the entirety of the the mod system right now, or the entirety of the game. Where in the end game, we'd really we wouldn't mind if it was a little bit harder, right? I'm all for making it a hard and challenging and punishing game. Once you have the the tools to actually deal with the challenge and the punishment, but early on, it's just very punishing. Mm. And I, well, yeah, I mean, I know we've like we beat this point to death, but for us, it's it's for for like established players, we know even if we're struggling with the rares, even if we're dying a lot more than usual, we know kind of what the end result is going to be. Like for some people, they don't want to die as much, so they're going to spend more time in the axe getting tankier. For some people, they just go, well, I don't care. Like I'm already I'm already the type of player that like corpse rushes bosses. Like I just want to get to the end game by level fifty five as soon as possible. For new players, just the idea that like solving their problems may involve going outside of the game to other places to get that knowledge is just never. It's it's like completely, completely unapproachable. Just no way to tell. Absolutely. Uh. I, th- I feel like there's also a lot of parallels to the the Sentinel thing. How did you uh, experience Sentinel when you went in the first time? When you got your first Sentinel, did you use Sentinels while leveling, Shaq? Yeah, I thought I was gonna try to be be slick and like use it as a culling strike type thing and like pop it out when an enemy was at like ten percent health. And I tried that on the rows in the mud flats, and then I got a really rude awakening when I was like in the middle of a pack. I'm casting Stormblast, man. I'm like, all right, pop it at the last second, and then they all get massive, and then they all get full health. And I was like, oh, I like this league a lot. <laughs> I made that mistake on on last phase, cruel Izaro, when you have to bring him from thirty three percent to zero. I was like, yeah, nice apex sentinel for some extra loot. Bam, one hundred percent health, Izaro. Yep. <laughs> you can't <laughs> even use my normal you sadistic yeah. man. <laughs> uh, I don't know. I I had a lot of fun with Sentinels because I, I, I did the same thing. So last league, I, I had a lot of fun leveling with Arch Nemesis. Um, I typically did not, I didn't used to interact with the league mechanic much while leveling. I would just save it for maps. And I had a ton of fun in Arch Nemesis. So like my league start last league, I was in SSF and I was like, I don't really care when I get the maps. I'm not going to be behind anyone because SSF is inherently just you. So the entire first, I mean, I took, it was my longest ever uh, time to get to maps. I think I spent like 11, 12 hours getting there because I did Arch Nemesis in every single zone and I had a, I had a blast. So I was like, this league, I'm going to get the maps. We're going to make some progress. I had all these plans and then I popped the Sentinel on the, the Roas and they got huge. They got really scary. I saw the loot symbol pop up on one of their heads and I was like, oh yeah, we're going to take our time getting the maps. It's going to be a lot of fun. And by the time I got the maps, it was ludicrous. I had like 25 chaos in SSF by the time I got the maps. It, it was insanity. Um, I just, from from the very beginning, I loved it. I, this is just, I mean, I know we're going to get into more specific things later, but in terms of like the, the TLDR, I don't think I've ever had more fun. Almost to the point where I think this is the first league mechanic where I was like, I'm going to feel seriously, seriously bad if this doesn't return because it's 
incredible. It's cool for sure. Right? It has yeah. to be. I don't I know how it. people predict it's... what goes core, but it's definitely one of their more fluid, painless me- mechanics in terms of you choose when you use it, it's rewarding, it makes the game more challenging, and you can customize it a little bit. Like, I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. That has to be cool. Yeah. I What I was aiming for, because I asked whether you were using it uh, during the leveling, is like hooking back to the the Sentinel discussion is like just I'm always a little bit worried about the new player experience and in other leagues I feel they've done a really good job at at least giving you the chance to find out a little bit about how the league mechanic works by adding an NPC yeah. or some sort of explanation and that's what was really missing from this league for me I mean most people watched the announcement most people had like a little bit of an explanation beforehand how the league works but for someone who just like spontaneously comes back and decides oh it's league launch today I haven't played Path of Exile in a couple of months let's just boot it up real quick i haven't looked at anything and let me play uh i've watched project pt actually play uh a little bit he he played for a couple of hours and it's just so unintuitive how things work i have like a number of complaints for that so the first thing is and i i quickly want to preface this by saying i'm having a blast i love the sentinel mechanic i'm having a lot of fun with it We talked a lot about that in the last podcast, but I kind of forgot to be critical. And there's just two (laughs) two or three points that really, really annoyed me. And the first one I wanted to bring up is that no NPC, no explanation. I also think that the empowerment thing is not intuitive. I mean, you can press the highlight button on a Sentinel, and then it has the explanation what empowerment does. But as a new player, you don't know to do that. So I think that should have been activated for the first Sentinel by default. Like the first one you drop just has the explanation on it, whether you press the highlight key or not. Make it like a special unique one that you drop the first time. Tutorial Sentinel or something like that, right? And um, because as a new player, how are you supposed to understand whether they get more tanky, whether they get more damage, whether they get extra abilities, whether they get damage reduction or something like that? I mean, I, until I read the description, I didn't even know whether it was damage reduction or extra life that they're gaining. Mm-hmm. Isn't it just generic damage reduction and damage, basically? Am yes, I yes that's what that? the explanation says. I mean, for... I'm gonna I'm gonna play. I don't agree. I don't think it's that bad. Personally, because the word empowerment just says empower to make more powerful, and damage and life is it. It's pretty generic. And like you play, you 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 press Sentinel once, you know, okay, that monster was more tanky and it did more damage. Like I I I I don't think you need the extra description. I guess it could be nice for the first thing, but I, I think you learn that mechanic. Like, I think you learn it very quickly. You press, you press that in a once you see what it does. And, and it does the same thing for the entirety of your using it. So I have a little bit of a extra perspective here because my brother doesn't typically play path of exile very much. He'll play like a little bit every league or two. And so he, he joined like on day four. Right. And he started playing like, when I wasn't, I wasn't streaming or anything. So he's just kind of playing and like texting me what's going on. He said a couple of things. I, the very first zone, when you find the Sentinel in that chest, he never clicked on it because there wasn't an NPC. Typically like you would have that NPC standing there making it obvious Mm. that it's like a chest that opens something. He thought it was going to spawn a bunch of monsters on him in the, in the coast because there's no NPC. It just looks like a, like basically a strong box early on. So he didn't even click on it. Then when he clicked on it, 
he was like, he literally texted me, what is this robot garbage? And he had no idea what was going on. It's really unintuitive. The initial, like, the, the whatever it's called, the power grid, the whatever thing is, using it is unintuitive if you didn't watch the league reveal. Um, you don't really know what you should be, like, you don't know the, the three types, what how it works. I didn't even know how it works uh, for, for a few minutes. And then the whole idea of like using them, they run out of charges, swapping them in and out. Like he said, he used them for a while and he was like, eventually the button stopped working. So I just didn't use them because it had run out of charges and nowhere does it say there's no pop-up. That's like, it's run out of charges. So he had no idea. He was just like, I, I did something and I guess my bill just can't use this. So there are definitely pieces of it that are super unintuitive. But I'm, I'm going to go back on my word. You, I think you guys are right. That's you make some good points. Yeah. It's probably, that's probably too intuitive because I, I'm, I've watched Project PT, like I said, and if you don't know Project PT, he's been playing since like 2013, 14 or something like that. Uh, he is one of the first persons to ever reach 100 in SSF HC, I believe. Like, he's one of the first people who adopted the SSF playstyle before SSF was an actual league flag. So I, I'd like to think he is a, a relatively seasoned player, but he was legit trying to click the notes on the, on the filament tree for the Sentinels. He was hovering the notes and trying to click them. And even though the, the positions where you could place the filaments highlight and the notes don't, it took yep. a significant amount of time for him to find out how it works. Which was, yeah, interesting to see. Did not we all do that for like a few days? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yep. Yeah, I was doing I that. I still for do days. that. Open no. it up and go to the thing and you click, click. This is PoE. I click the node. Uh, yep. Yeah. <laughs> once, it, once it maxes out and you don't use it for a while, like for me, I swapped after week one, I swapped into this like Apex strategy, which I'm sure we're going to be getting into like how we're all using them. But so I swapped from like literally a red blue strategy to a pure yellow strategy. And because I hadn't clicked any of those in a few days since I maxed it out, I, I, it took me another round of like recalibration to be like, right, it's clicking the filament things instead of the nodes. And I did that constantly throughout the entire tree. If I took more than a second off of like planning the tree out, when I went back, I would just immediately start clicking nodes. <laughs> All right. And then what I also thought when they talked about it in the Q&A and Chris says it's not going to add a lot of uh, micromanagement, not a lot of clicking when the concern was uttered that it will add a lot of micromanagement. And to some degree, they did a good job putting in as little micromanagement as possible. But when I right clicked, I already had a hunch of this before that I thought is going to work in a certain way. When I right clicked the Sentinel controller that you get from the first chest and it popped in place, right? And then opened up the Sentinel slot. I was 99% sure that if I right click the Sentinel, it's going to, it's going to automatically slot in. I don't have to drag and drop it. I don't have to pick it up and figure out where to put it. Just right click it and it choop, moves in. And that moment I will understand. No right clicking though. Extra quick clicks required. That, that's, I feel, a missed opportunity. It could have just made it so right-click a sentinel, it goes into the slot as long as the slot is empty. And um, another thing that I forgot now. Anyone want to chime in on the usability? <laughs> or, or change the topic because I'm bashing them too hard? Micromanagement is we don't have a big enough dash. Like, it's so obvious to me, people that are playing the mechanic, they fill that stash up, and then they start going into quad tabs of quad tabs of quad tabs. Three maps, by the way, is yep. if you're doing yep. juiced content, it takes three maps to go from an empty stash to a full stash. Yeah, it's way yep. too small. 
Which I feel like that's I've, usually an issue with league mechanics in general is like they don't give you the storage space for it. It's the same thing with you'll run out of space with if you're farming a ton of heist, you'll run out of space if you're farming a ton of like blight in like etc cetera, etc. Cetera. Which could be alleviated by players buying extra stash space, but also what I've noticed, which upset me quite a bit, is that whenever they have a league that has its own locker, like Heist and uh, Expedition and now Sentinel, that comes with its own affinity, they don't give that affinity to us to put on our bought stash tabs. So I can only have Sentinel Affinity on the Sentinel Locker. I cannot put Sentinel Affinity on a quad tab, so they they all or like automatically go to that quad tab. Yep. yep. Like I always have to manually click them in there. I feel like the solution should be buying tabs. Yeah. No, it you, shouldn't you know be. But the, the the fact that it even is not even that is a solution. Not even if I want yeah. to pay, I get to solve the problem. That. Yeah. Do, do you know what else would alleviate the goddamn problem? <laughs> Having them as one by one, one, by one. fucking squares. Why are they that big? <laughs> the weight, four times as many. It can take me twelve maps to fill the stash tab instead of three. robots. Mm. Yeah, <sighs> and then one more gripe, real quick, uh, before we go into praising how good the league is. More, uh, I was. Assuming, or that they were shown to us as unidentified, uh, as as corrupted items, right? And therefore, by definition, they would have dropped identified. And then they yeah. they they kind of switched it on us last minute and made them drop unidentified and unmodifiable. And now we have to identify everything manually, which. You know, as a seasoned player, I can get around that, but I did really notice a huge pressure on on wisdom scrolls while leveling through the acts for the first time. And I would have appreciated in the same vein that I would have appreciated an NPC to explain things to people. Maybe we could have had an NPC that identifies sentinels for us. Just sentinels. You go hint, identify all sentinels in your inventory. I, I understand why they don't want to drop them unidentified uh, because then people could just filter the mods. Although they could have made yeah. it unfilterable as well. But I mean, yeah. You're describing exactly what I want. I want yeah. them to drop identified so I can filter the mods. Yep. <laughs> that is what we need. <laughs> yes, yes, please. Filter, uh, currency reward, div reward, scarab reward. Yeah. What's that? Armor reward? That's gone. Mm, nope. Armor? <laughs> yeah, no, so, no, do that again. <laughs> in, in terms of just adding in, because like, I know, like I said, I love the league a lot. It's really fun. But if uh, my, my only big criticism, like as a, from a clarity perspective, is because I'm playing an SSF, I'm exclusively look. I don't care about the base of the Sentinels. I only care about what's on them, which I know is the thing for most people. But I'm specifically looking for certain reward types or things like that. So because that's all I'm looking for, I have no clue what all the different base types of Sentinels are. I've used something like 15 out of 26 or whatever. I don't know if it matters. I don't know if I'm missing out on a ton of things because I'm only looking for that specific thing. I don't know. It's like it feels like a whole part of the Lee mechanic that I just I don't have any clue. I don't know what they are. I I think that's on you, man. That's, right, that's on, fair. The the bases do the moral of the story is just the better base does like three times as many enemies or whatever, so you get three times the rewards basically. I think that's part of it is I've been because I've been focusing exclusively on the yellows for the last week too, where it's like the most I'm gonna get out of it is like, I don't know, five or six enemies empowered. That's I haven't even 
I had a feeling it might have been that because I can see very clearly that it's like bronze and then just better metals as you go through, but. Right. Mm, in terms of usability, I mean, now we, we covered the new player experience, but I heard from a number of people who played an endgame that they don't really like using them, and if they weren't so damn rewarding, they wouldn't be using them because they feel clunky and slow, and on a lot of builds you have to hold back on killing, which... I can I can echo that. My for me as a Skelly Mage summoner, if I have already summoned minions, then it's really rough to get into the middle of a pack to use my sentinels before to empower the monsters before they die to the minions. Anyone has I, any problems with that, or righteous fire is not that? Uh, no, it's what I'm doing currently is uh, the the whole rogue exile ruckus strategy because I'm trying to build up a base of uniques. And my initial thing is like I'll go into the map. I will see the first rogue exile, and before I before I even hit the sentinel button, the first thing I have to do is immediately dash in the opposite direction because otherwise the rogue exile is going to die before the before the sentinel goes off. So it doesn't feel great that like your initial reaction to the leap, it, they just take they take so long to deploy and then fire off shots. It's a problem. Yeah, that delay is rough. I think like right now it's the case where there's a few instances where they work well. Like if you're doing the blue guys, if you're doing yep. legion. You can pop it and it just works, right? It just hits everything. That works. Strong box, you can kind of time it when you click it to pre-press the thing if you know the timing of how fast it goes out or whatever. But outside of those things, if you're like, oh, I'm running into a giant pack of monsters, let me click this thing. Well, the pack is already dead before it's deployed and it's like, okay, I have to run Legion or Strong Box or the blue thing's kind of useless to me. I've I've been, like I said, I've been running like Delirium Mirrored Super Juice Double Beyond stuff. And so I have that um alva all magic pack thing so what i've been doing is trying to use i've been using my blue one inside the alva i will jump into the alva i will pop val grace and try and drag three packs inside the alva together stand in the middle of them on a tornado shot dead eye who is just not like you know you're not face tanking stuff on that bill and then i gather them all together press the blue one it spawns an extra pack and then i buff all the ones inside the alva and if i fail it the, it's gone because because it, it's in an alva and i can't get back in and, and it's just that that time that i have to spend after pressing the button just waiting Yep. is very dangerous. <laughs> yeah. But you're still doing it, so do you feel it's worth the yeah. trade off? Yeah, it's super rewarding to do them inside Elvis. That's... You don't have to like run back whole... and forth all the time to pick up all the loot because it all drops in one spot. Yeah, and there's like a whole like added rarity stuff for being inside of Alva, and I, I can't guarantee it, but it really feels like that's having a pretty positive effect, and they're also like, whenever I use them, they're all magic mobs because the entire Alva is full of magic. And so they're better just because of that. And so, yeah, I'm doing it. I, I lose one here and there, which is, you know, sad when it's Pretty a good. currency. It's it. Right. Yeah, when it's a currency expedition one and you pop it and then die, it feels pretty bad. But. Generally, it feels pretty good. So I'm, I'm, I'm still going to keep doing it. But God, it could be quicker agree then it's probably just the deployment times the main issue like for example for me stalker i can press that and it'll pretty basically always hit 100 mobs or whatever guaranteed even though if i'm sprinting through and then pandemonium is just hard to time because it takes so long to deploy and apex the deploy time is probably an issue too 
So I don't know. Other than the deploy time, I feel like it's pretty good. Yep. That's that's all I want is just faster casting. They all need about 200% increased cast speed just at a base and probably 50 to 100% increased range, to be honest. And then, best league mechanic I've ever played in my life. If it's just those two things. Well, you can roll cast speed and chaining range or beam chain range or something like that. Not enough, though. Like, yeah. yeah. You spend all what you spend all your points on cast speed. Now you don't get the big rewards, and they're still too slow. Like, is cast speed a suffix on them? No, cast speed's uh, one of the nodes on the tree, right? They're the small. Oh, okay. Nodes no, I was I was, th- I was talking about the the rare mods on the sentinels. It's yeah. prefix, but then you're competing with nine extra charges or or forty percent more mobs empowered is, or is it increased is it empowerment. Would it be impactful on no. the prefix? It's like forty percent, and it needs to be yeah. like two hundred percent at base. Yeah. <laughs> For me, sometimes I find it really hard to tell. I don't mind the delay. I realize the delay is there to make it like an interesting thing, and not just free extra buff and extra loot. But you have to get in a dangerous situation to get the most out of it. I understand that. But for me, I find it really hard to tell consistently when the pan, like the delay between me pressing the deploy button on the Pandemonium Sentinel. And the Pandemonium Sentinel actually shooting off his one-shot beam. Because it's one shot and then it's gone. Uh, it doesn't try again when it fails or something like that. So sometimes you have like one or two monsters next to you when you're opening a strong box and you press the deployment right before the strong box, but then the, the, the Sentinel already attacks the one or two monsters or buffs the one or two monsters before the strong box spawns everything and becomes target targetable. So I don't really know how to solve this because obviously they want some sort of delay to add challenge to, to as a counterweight to the extreme rewards. Well, uh, isn't the challenge literally the monsters the monster, have yeah. triple the damage, twice the damage, and they take 70% less damage? Like, I think that's the challenge. Yep. The deployment time is just what makes it not feel good to play because you're waiting. You have to be in the middle of a bunch of monsters, not kill them, not let them kill you somehow. Wait for a second for your thing to go off. Like it, it reminds me of Heist. Sorry, I was just gonna say, they do get super challenging too. Like it's yeah. not just an arbitrary buff. Like when I when I'm inside an, a magic pack in Alva and I buff 150 mobs, I, sometimes I'm fighting against the timer to get that side killed. Like they're not, and I'm dodging around and I'm I'm moving into corners to not get obliterated, and I'm like. I'm on an omniscient spill that does a lot of damage with tornado shot, and I'm still making them. They're still making them difficult. Like, yeah. yeah, they can. That's a good challenge. We don't need the delay. It, it feels a lot like the job speed issue in heist, where like the challenge of heist should be rolling the contracts to be tougher, as opposed to like spending all of your resources trying to get We're job speed faster. Forward, man. Yeah, that's what it feels yeah. like. Is it doesn't have to be this way. It's just there very arbitrarily and doesn't really add anything. Yep. Hmm. Is everyone running all the Sentinels, by the way? Uh, or are you already I don't think anyone is. in one? Or yeah, Well, you too. said you're using Apex, Shaq, right? Yeah, so the reason I'm doing that is because I'm, I'm specific, like, I love collecting unique, so I'm like, I constantly have that unique ladder pulled up. I'm, I'm just trying to collect as many as I can. And so what I ended up swapping into was... I took all the Rogue Exile nodes, and then I took all the Tormented Spirit nodes, and obviously the whole Ruckus thing, so... 
the reason that has worked so well is also the fact that tower is a tier two. So I favored a tower. I rolled the, all the rogue exile and apex stuff. I made it so that the, they only empower uh, unique enemies. And then I take anarchy on the, on the map device. And I just blitz through uh, tower maps because I'm getting shav cards in theory, I would get nurse cards, but I've run about 250 of them, and I don't have a single one yet, but that's a separate thing. And then you get all of the extra rewards from the Rogue Exiles. So, like, for me, it's I did that, I think, I think at this point now, seven days ago I did that, and I've got almost a full stash tab of, like, Tier 1 and Tier 2 uniques. And so it's, at some point, I'll spec back into the whole red-blue strategy. But so you're I think exclusively that's, running the yellow ones? Only because, yeah, because you want... The, the issue with the yellow... I, I don't know if I would call it an issue, is... The it takes like a full controller tree setup to really maximize the yellow one. Like it wants to be the only sentinel on your controller tree. Um, if you can do that, you get crazy good rewards. But I think that speaks to like I don't know if I've seen another league mechanic where there's such a huge spread of good strategies to use with it. That's that's I think overall what I love about this so much is like the amount of videos coming out where it's like, here's my Apex strategy, here's my, like Tarky was saying on last week's connection, like, here's, I only run reds, or I only run blues, like 10k was doing the, like, blues only glacier strategy, where he'd round up the whole map, like, the variety of really, really high level, uh, like, really effective strategies in this league mechanic is off the charts, and I love it. Yeah. yeah. I, I like that we're two weeks in, and not everyone is running the same, and there's still discussion yeah. as to what's the best thing to do, and, and obviously there's probably even several best things that you can do it's it's completely dependent on what you want what you're trying to get what your goal is what you want to farm and you customize it for that which is i think that's when Wee is a good time is when there's multiple good things to do and it's just like you can choose what you want and enjoy it yep that's also why i've, I've actually had a lot of people be like oh i wish i could just have more points and spec into all three and i'm like but if we had like you know, 30 more points or 20 more points and you could just take the whole... Then everyone's tree would look the same. Be so boring. Stale. By yeah. the way, it felt... Ve- did it feel weird to you after after the whole, like, we got the passive tree in Scourge where they were specifically, like, hyping up, like, you you probably won't even complete this by the end of the league. Like, it, you can fill this entire tree up, but it's going to be an absurdly long grind. And so I see the controller and I'm like, oh, this is going to be awesome. Then day three, I was at, like, full full controller points I'm like what's the, what's the point of not just starting out with a f- uh-huh. it was so fast uh, it was really fast yeah I just, that could be part of them experimenting with, experimenting with different things like they give yeah. you the hard to fill out tree did people like this more did they like the fast to fill out tree with- I do like being limited overall not being able to take everything I think is significantly better than just a eventually yeah. I'll get everything tree yeah, definitely. Scourge was just a linear progression, basically, with like extra steps where you could decide here or there, I want to prioritize. But in the end, everyone looked the exact same. And I really like that this one uh, promotes such diversity. Yeah, Scourge was a lot more boring. But yeah, it, it, I, yeah, you're right. It took a little bit longer for Scourge. And I also didn't expect this one to be done this fast. But I'm not sure it's a problem because... When you're done with the tree, that's basically you're done with the tutorial because yeah. it does force you to somehow engage with the system and think about what is good to run and what's not good to run. And so by the time you finish the tree and you get all the filament or all the power unlocked to reach everything with filaments, then it's experimenting time, right? And yeah, just try out different tree setups, see what works, see what you, see what you like. 
And I think it's great that you can try something out and then know that's not what I want to do. And you don't have to revisit it later, like 10 days later, because you got 30 extra power and you're like, oh yeah, but now I have to do it again because it could be different. I think, I think someone in chat just made the point that there, there's um, the Sentinel mod. There's so many Sentinel mods now that give you uh, increased, like it's fair, or sorry, it's very common to get a Sentinel mod that gives you like the, basically the increased uh, experience on your controller tree, which is dead after like day three. I think mm. either that shouldn't be a mod because that's essentially just a purely like downside mod, almost like a scourge downside, or can't there be just a un, untied to any part of the tree? Can't you just have the option to spend one of your 30 points to click a thing that says, like, this this mod can't roll on Sentinels anymore because it's just completely dead? I think there's a value to having dead mods. I think it's the same thing as the rare system. Having dead mods are important because that means you don't get the good thing every single time. And that way you're actually, you enjoy the good thing. I sure. I think that's important in the video game to have dead mods. I think dead mods are important. You just, you, just, you just wait until like a week from now when I've got a strategy out that hides all the rare sentinels and only shows magic ID'd once because it just has them all filtered and I will never see a bad mod again. I will just <laughs> only see good ones. I'm so done picking up robots, man. I spend 40 wisdom scrolls a map. Wait, how, how do you I force them to drop ID? Are you going to use the cloak? Uh, who cares? Enough of them drop ID if they're all corrupted. Half of them do. Right. I'll just hide everything. I'll just give up everything that isn't ID. I don't care. I'm just, I'm just done IDing forty items in the okay. map, every map, and dropping them back on the ground. Is it the twenty? What's yeah. there is an item that makes stuff drop ID. Yep. Is that what's the one? I think about thing, right? I'm thinking about using that and then turning off rare ones entirely so I just don't see them. I don't care if I miss out on something. I just don't. I, yeah. just, I just, like, how many times do you think you miss per map a 2 or 3x item because it was on a horrible base that was never going to show through your filter? But you're not going to ID every single item in the map to yeah. find it because it's not if worth you combine, your time. If you combine two magic ones, what is the, cha- is it, is the chance the same that you get a rare one? Are you guaranteed a rare one? No, it could still be magic, right? You could buy two magic ones. If you had one with a prefix and one with a suffix, you could combine it into another magic, but it's unlikely. Does it? Do sentinels seem much different in terms of like versus recombinators? I haven't used the sentinel combining as much as I've done recombinators, but is it pretty consistent where it gives you more mods? It doesn't delete mods. Uh, it, it does delete a lot it, of mods. Yeah, I think I actually if. Thinking thinking about the times I've used the power cores, I feel like more often I end up with less mods overall. It does it does feel like I delete mods relatively often. Okay, Especially so if that mod is expedition currency, that's super yep. likely to just disappear. Yep. Because <laughs> I was just wondering, whenever I've combined two magic sentinels, I've got a rare as a result. Like I can't remember a single time that I combined two magic sentinels into a magic yeah. one. But I was actually, when I was trying to go for the double plus one wand with recombinators, I was thinking, well, do I want, because I had a magic wand with plus one all spell skill gems, uh, uh, wand, a magic ring amulet. Wow, my brain. So I had two oh, amulets. Or make it a wand or make it a ring. 
Get your story straight. What the hell is it? <laughs> so I had a magic amulet with one prefix, all spell skill gems, one suffix. And I had a rare amulet with plus one skeletons from Delve. And I was going to combine them both because I was like, okay, they both only have one prefix. So really high chance I get both prefixes. But then I was like, okay, but if it, it, it has a 50 50 chance, so to say, if it, picks one of the, which one of the two bases it picks if it picks the magic one does that mean the result is magic and if it if the result is magic then it can only have one prefix so it couldn't have both prefixes that i want and then i ended up regaling the one that was magic hoping for not getting another prefix and i did only get a suffix so that was great but i was like was that the right thing to do or should i just have combined it when it was magic because i was just really worried about wasting the recombinator attempt and ending up with a with a magic item. From my experience, recombinators solely like depend. Like your example is, you're looking at the prefixes, right? Yeah. Recombinators at that point, I don't think the suffixes are. They they consider the prefixes and the suffixes as basically two separate problems where they they pull those mods together, then they pick how many mods of those mods are we going to keep, and then we start looking at recombinator outcomes where do we upgrade a tier, do we downgrade a tier. Are we getting rid of a mod? Are we adding a random mod in the pool that makes it a crappier pool and picking that mod instead of the mod you want? Um, but I think for this scenario where you're trying to get two, basically, items where you're just carrying over one affix from each, you want to have just those affixes and no extra prefixes in the pool. The more bad affixes you have in the prefix pool, the more scenarios where it picks that bad affix instead of the two you want type of thing. But even then, when you just have one in each prefix, there's still a high, a high chance the recombinator chooses the delete a prefix option and you're going to end up with one or it's going to add in another crap prefix. Like, it's never guaranteed, but you, the more you can isolate the specific mods you care about in the prefix or the suffix pool, the higher your odds are going to be type of thing. Okay, I get that. And that aligns with how f- I understood it works so far partially from my own experimenting and partially from your very good video on recombinator crafting. But my question was, because before it does anything with the affixes, there's a 50-50% chance that it picks either base. And there's like a, let me not lie, but I think like a 40-40 chance that it picks either item level and a 20% chance that it picks an item level in between which is not exactly the average because it's somehow weighted towards higher item levels, I feel. What I've gathered now that I've done it more, it does basically the average of the two plus two levels basically every time from what I've gathered. I'm vindicated. My chat told me I was crazy because I said that. I said I thought I heard you say that once and they were all like, no, you're definitely wrong the other night. I was initially confused because... Okay, so initially when I started out with Recombinators, I had a fractured spell suppression brace and I knew this base is not going to occur on an item level 86 shield, right? I knew that. And I was able to make a fractured 86 shield. So initially I was like, how the hell did that happen? Oh, it chose my base that was 86. But no, what actually happened is it chose an average of the two, and added two levels. And so I was just confused initially, and then the more I use the system, it's very consistent. It averages the item levels, and it adds two um, for the item level thing. As for if it chooses the magic base, does it then make, give you a magic item back? No, it just matters how many affixes. Like, if you have a magic oh, base... Based on how many affixes it selects, it determines the rarity, is what you're saying. Yeah, so yeah. if you have a rare item with six affixes and a magic item with, with two affixes... You have an eight mod pool total. There's a, it's not guaranteed you're getting a rare item back, but it's a very, very high chance you're getting a rare item back because the most likely outcome is you're going to get maybe two and two, 
or two and one, or three and two, and if it has more than two mods, it's a rare item, right? All right. Uh, so because that's what I was wondering: whether the rarity is determined before the mods are picked, or the, whether the how the mod picking goes determines what rarity you end up with. Because mod I, picking determines the rarity. Because the way that the game and or the game reveals the result. The rare name is re revealed first, right? You first see the item, you see the title, the name, the base, and you see whether it's golden it's or magic, and then it does the stat thing. But then I, I guess that's, that's just an animation for... of things that are already decided. That's it's all not... for animation. Yeah. I, yeah. The, the game code chooses the result, and then that's just basically, I think they did that solely thinking, this is going to make great Twitch clips, slash it's a great feeling to see those mods either come on and they're good yep. mod, good mod, good mod, or it's good mod, good mod, bad mod, no! You know, it's like, yeah. This, I think that was a great design decision to have it yeah. pop in like that, because you're you're so attached to that experience as you're seeing the mods unfold. Like, there's still a chance it could have the mod I want, like as it's going down. Yeah, no, that's that's great that you clarify that because I was so unsure. So next time, this is what you're saying: I shouldn't be regaling my base amulet for recombination. Oh, because if it adds a prefix, then the chance of that being a prefix you don't want is basically 100%. Unless it's like T1 life, or maybe you want T1% ES, yeah. it's a mod you don't yeah, want. How often do you hit that with a regal? Yeah, don't risk the regal. It's 50-50. It makes you have another dead affix on your prefix pool. All right. See, I'm, I'm learning. Yeah, I've been trying to roll. I, I found uh, on the ground, again, I can't, I can't necessarily go buy fractured bases or whatever, so I'm trying to do very basic stuff. Like, I'm trying to get a plus two amulet right now. So I found a rare on the ground with a plus one uh, all spells. Which is great because that's the rarest one to get. So I then alt spammed for fire, and of course because this is the one league I'm not playing cold dot. I rolled three plus one colds before I hit fire, but that's a separate thing. So I you finally hit plus one for later though, right? You stored them. Away. Oh, oh yeah. I have okay. like at this point I've hit fizz chaos three colds and one lightning. So they're all just sitting there tormenting me in my stash tab while I try to. I'm out of alts. I'm fully out of alts. So the one time I hit plus one fire, I I felt very fortunate because I recombinated them together. And I and I it deleted the plus one fire, but I kept the plus one all all spells. So I'm still trying to hit another one. But that's what I'm trying to do is basically as I all spam. The only time I would regal is if I hit like tier one life, and then I'm trying to regal and just hope to you know be absurdly lucky enough to hit the plus one fire. But other than that, I'm just going to recombine that rare with the the all spammed plus one fire. That's definitely your best odds of getting the plus two. Although his name was Iron, from what I've gathered, if you guys have been keeping track with his like Reddit post, he's apparently done an obscene amount of recombinator. Like I've done like five hundred something at this point. I've done a decent amount. Like he's, 5, done, like, 000. Four, he's done like <laughs> four thousand just to hit a meme ring. Like the man is on another level. Apparently he's releasing stupid. he's he's releasing some his information on what he thinks like how the system works. So he probably has even maybe information that's better than this and stuff that might help you have even more of a higher chance of hitting it, but I still think there's a large amount of you can't control it, and a lot of it is always going to be a gamble, whether or not it chooses to delete your mod or add a new crap mod or whatever it is. So oh, I'm sure you guys will have. Sorry, the, I I figured you you guys will probably have much more similar things that you're going to discuss because you're all playing uh, trade league. But 
in SSF, the number one thing that I care about is even while I'm doing the Apex and knowing that I'm going to go back to, to Pandemonium Sentinels, I am exclusively looking for Sentinel rewards because that's where I get all my recombinators from. The yep. that's no, it's it's so far above every other thing that I'm looking for. It's not even on the radar. Like if I see Sentinel rewards, I have an entire stash tab of just blue chance to add Sentinel rewards. Um, and in general, in SSF, that's what I'm looking for is the specifically named like chance to add this type of reward. It's very close to the only thing I care about. And then with the Apex ones, because I'm looking for uniques, I just want Quant. That's the only thing I'm keeping for yellows. To, to be so. fair, I think that's the second best in Trade League as well. Okay. Well, best um, in Trade League. Expedition and then Sentinel, yeah. isn't it? Yeah, I could see that. Yeah. It, it's it's yeah. Mage Blood. It's Mage Blood. You gotta. <laughs> yeah. Every, <laughs> every time I use the Sentinel <laughs> one, like if I use a red Sentinel essence in a map, I make 20 Chaos. Mm-hmm. At the least. Yeah. At the least. They're so it's rewarding. usually more like 40 chaos per map. Yeah. You get some of those with like 14 charges on them, and they're all worth a minimum of 20 chaos. Insane. Yeah. Um, we did find out one thing today. Uh, someone in Guild found out something today. Um, they dropped in a map from their heist reward a replica headhunter. What? Uh-huh. You could... You so drop a replica out, unique. That's turns crazy. Out replica stuff drops from the heist reward stuff, so that might go up in price. That's um, pretty. I'm cool. thinking about running some of them. Does that mean alternate gen- gems are on the menu? Tempering orbs on the menu? I, like, I'll let you know in a week or two. <laughs> oh my cool. god. I can access heist without going wow. to heist. <laughs> yeah, they, right? I was gonna the say they gotta moves. be really careful with uh, letting that seep in again. With uh, the you know yeah. the best source of league specific rewards <clears throat> is not the specific league because we also have the dying anguish card, which previously was a generic level nineteen gem, but they reworked it to be a level nineteen alternate quality gem. And I've heard from some people that they're farming that in what is promenade or something like that, where you can farm that card. Yep, yep. And it, it's not rare at all. Oh no! Nope. And you also get patience from that. That 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 map is super good to farm. I mean, it would if patience weren't two C. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I forgot the beginning of the podcast. Yeah, <laughs> just about ready to hide patience on my filter. They don't want to pick it up. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Editor Bob soon. Yeah. Let's see. All right, yeah, then we all agree. Get get that additional reward of uh, Sentinel and Expedition and Currency and just combine it all into one big mega Sentinel. Yeah. Uh, um, I, should, I should be clear. The person in my guild who said they found that, we didn't see it. But, like, they did link it and lose their mind, and when we opened up guild, they were in a map, not in heist. And, like, yeah. I don't see a reason why that would be made up. So... Yeah. Yeah, I feel like I'm just gonna find 200 heist sentinels in my 17 quad dump tabs full of sentinels and yep. just run them for days and find out if I don't get anything. Because it really only takes one. Re- it's like not even you have to, you don't even have to drop a replica headhunter. All it takes is dropping one replica and one, like one yeah, alternate one quality replica, gem. One replica, sure. anything. Yep. But like, what else would a heist reward even be though? Like, if it's not that, what's a heist? Be rogue markers and cron- contracts. Oh. Blueprints. Yeah. yeah. 
which <laughs> I'm still super okay with. I'm still okay with that. Yeah, especially because I, I that was one of the first things I deactivated on my Atlas was Heist because I wanted that extra chance for other content to spawn. Um, but I'm playing software trade and like one of my guildmates is like super specialized into heist. That's always like his league start strat because he knows other people hate that content. So it's like super rewarding if you actually know what you're doing. Uh, you can make a lot of currency early league with it. And uh, we always funnel all our blueprints and contracts and rope markers into him. And I felt a little bit guilty when I was specking into the, you know, no, uh, heist, uh, caches in the maps because I was like okay then I won't have anything to give him but I'm getting so many contracts and blueprints still randomly that it's uh, it's fine yeah. I still contribute all this stuff feels a lot like like the essence is kind of the same thing where it's like it, it was a very clear like so many people were going to spec into essence on their tree and you just get so many incidental essences I know a lot of people like took that off of their tree very early on when they had planned on farming that for a couple of weeks because you just get so many from sentinel drops it's, I think people took it off too because of how hard essence monsters were with Archnet mods. I think, I think that was the reason. Like really, really valuable to do. Honestly, I, I ended up not specking. The only thing I changed was I didn't spec into the chance to have three additional ones because I was like, I don't have an extra fifteen minutes to spend in each map when that procs. But I, they're still <laughs> really good. Yeah, and they're still they're still crazy good money. Like if yeah. you're just if you're just in even any. Any map. I'm pretty sure you could just run like tier three maps with essence on. Yep, absolutely. And just can make bank. I will run tier five maps, so it's at least I level seventy two, so that you can get yeah. tier two res on items. But you'd probably be saying, "Wait, who who looks at rare items anyway?" <laughs> You're playing yeah, trade league now, man. You gotta adjust. Yeah, I'm using a way stricter item filter than I have ever used right now. So listen, listen, Catmaster, softcore trade. Dude, I'm not put even my, showing stacked whetstones. No, put on my loot filters. <laughs> just, just for one day. Okay. Just for one day, use my filter. Well, the thing is, you're playing an active build. I'm playing a summoner. My map clear is per definition <laughs> a little bit longer, Listen, right? There yeah. are four strictnesses. Don't go up to the giga uber juicer strict. Just use the regular strict that I give everyone else. I'm yeah. just saying, I my minions do the work. I do a lot of walking around, and I, I can do picking up yeah, and identifying. I can pick up every whetstone I want. <laughs> <laughs> I will say, I, I have spent a lot more time on my own filter than I have in previous leagues because I need the filter that I have to be... I mean, I know I'm, I'm showing a lot of jewelry right now just because I'm alt spamming so much. I just want to pick them up and sell them for NSSF because I can't buy alts. But... I need it to be very, very strict now with the bases that I see because I'm picking up way more rares in general and looking at them because of recombinators. Like, I, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm my exclusive item pool comes from what I pick up. So I want to be seeing very specific things, but when I see them, I want to pick all of them up and identify them because that's how I hit. Like, I would never have picked up that amulet that ended up uh, IDing plus one all spells in any other league. Recombinators make rares actually a legitimate thing to identify. This was the way that they made them good. Yep. Base bases with suppress plus one other good mod. I'm willing to pay 50 C plus four, and that's not that uncommon to ID. If you're IDing rares regularly, you're getting that regularly. It's weird how much value recombinators add. Yeah. What? I'm getting five or six of them a map. Yeah, it's like crazy. 
All right. Uh, just just one quick question on the recombinator uh, on the Sentinel topic, and then full on move into recombinators. I hope you guys are all uh, fine with going just a little bit over time, so we can fully cra uh, cover the recombinators. But uh, do you think Sentinels should go core? Yeah, absolutely. It, it's so yeah. it's so good. It's on so many levels. I legitimately like Cat Ma or like Catmaster, like Captain Lance was saying. Um, I think this is the way to make rares worth picking up for a lot of people. Like this is the they talk about. Like there's no way you can ever pick up rares that are as good as what you can make. But now it's like you're just picking up ingredients in like almost a. It's like you're you're kind of accumulating a recipe. Yep. Like, no, not only am I picking up rare gear in my super juice maps. You, sir. I'm sometimes picking up magic gear yep. in my super juiced maps. I can't... I pick up more rare items off the floor per map this league than I have per leagues in the past. Like, I, like it's like a thing I'm... Like, people make fun of me on this podcast a lot for just like... Just hide it on your filter. Just hide it. Just turn everything off. Like, that's my thing. I just want to turn everything off. It, it and I'm picking up so much. So much value. One of, the, one of my other favorite things that has brought value to is, like, Incursion. The only value to Incursion was Double Corrupt Gem, Double Corrupt Temple. Now, if you're killing the boss, you're getting Gloves with the Chilled Damage mod. You're getting Shock Damage mod. You're getting Guatsuli's Life Chest. All those things, I'm willing to pay... 10, 20, 30 C4, because those yeah. are ingredients for making really, really good items. And that and you're going to want a hundred of them. Yep. Yeah, exactly. Because like you've got to combine these two, and then when they succeed, you've got to combine them with a third, and that has to succeed. And if it goes away, you start again, and you just hundreds. I'll just go through hundreds. <laughs> brings a lot of value to yeah. stuff that's basically was dead content, worthless content, and now it has that value because it's mm -hmm. an ingredient. <laughs> At the very, very, very least, all the recombinators need to be added into the base game, and they need to be as common as they are now. That, at the very least, it's it's made me excited for gear on the floor again, and nothing else has ever done that. Yeah, my big worry is is GG going to say that's too powerful? We're taking it away. <laughs> Uh, look, they wanted me. They want me excited about rares on the floor. I'm now excited about rares and magic items on the floor. Yep. Like I'm, I now want to pick stuff off in my map that isn't just currency. Yeah, and despite <laughs> everyone picking up more in the maps, I feel like it's done a tremendous job, a really great job at uh, at being just an item sink in softcore trade oh, yeah. because it just keeps yeah. the economy alive for so much longer when people are buying items that normally no one would care for and using and wasting them on the recombinators basically wasting excuse yourself <laughs> valuable usage of yes. a consistent good gear making method that surely never destroys my items this is science <laughs> it right. definitely i i definitely haven't recombinated like 32x of rings in a day just into the nether just yeah. i definitely don't get like fractured mods on things and then recombinate them into white rings and then go oh no and then do it again that's definitely not something that's happened a whole bunch it, it's uh, like 
even though it does brick your items, like the good outcome makes it worth it so yeah, much. I think I'm wearing yeah. four double fractured items that I recombinated together. Yeah. Only? Crazy. Well, I like, some yeah. of them worked better with just one fracture. But, but yeah, this, this, mm, love it. Yeah. I like as it when, as, uh, yeah, please go for it. No, I, no, I was, the only thing I was going to say is I, I, it's really hard. Like when I, when you told me we were going to talk about recombinators, I was legitimately trying to think of like, do I have a criticism of them? And the only thing that I can come up with that does genuinely, it, they need to think about in the future is whether or not recombinators are going to do too much like homogenizing of items. And what I mean by that is like, I don't have to make a choice anymore about, do I want, uh, do I want to sacrifice some things somewhere else to get uh, cap spell suppression on my Templar, like on my Inquisitor, I had not even had the thought of like, I'm, I wasn't even going to consider spell suppression at all. And now it's like, oh yeah, that's super easy. I'm wearing a glorious plate right now that has 27% spell suppress on it and evasion on the base item. Like it's <laughs> stupid. And my worry is that the only thing I want to be careful of is like, that could just make it where the future of items is just no matter what, you're going to have that like super high armor or super high uh, energy shield. Every single build is just going to be wrong objectively if they're not capped spell suppression, all that type of thing. That's my only concern. Well, that, that's a fair concern, but just like you can't uh, recombinate the influenced mods out of the influence-based pools, they could they could probably make another pool of modifiers that is non-recombinatable or something like that if they felt like yeah. they needed to in order to keep the balance intact. I I think it's honestly fine because it's it's still. Although you can reliably get spell suppressed on other types of gear and stuff, it's still going to cost you. You still have to invest the time getting the bases. Yep. It's still a tremendous, you know, there's still investment into your character. It doesn't happen overnight. You have to put time into it. Right. Yeah. So, um, I think, I think the, the idea of like worrying about homogenizing gear has merit, but I think the suppression with its current power. I don't even think that should be tied to evasion to begin with. I think that should be available on everything. Suppression capping your characters nowadays is just mandatory. And that means you're forced into using bases you don't want and then off coloring them in so that you can still fit the kind of gear that you want to put on and the kind of gems you want to put on. And then you just accept having lower of the defensive stats that you want that you're building around because you had to get hybrid bases because you have to get spell suppression. I don't think spell suppression should be tied to evasion. It should just be available everywhere. I'm perfectly okay with it existing because I feel like it put more, um, what do you call it? It put more strain on my gearing. But, and I think I, I actually, I said that like it's a bad thing, but like it, it's, I think that's a good thing because our gear was getting too powerful and it was kind of this way of like nerfing us without actually nerfing us. So no one complained about it because like, here we gave you this new tool. But now it's so good that you're forced to get like at least three suffixes full, and that just puts that extra strain on your gear. That's great. But having it tied to evasion doesn't. I don't like it. Yeah, I think it should be available on everything. So strong, and it's really just it's tied to evasion based gear. Now it's not tied technically. You can make it with other gear, but it's things like it's a min maxing. I think if, you, if you're min-maxing that hard, I think you deserve to crush content. And you don't need spell suppress to do red maps. You don't. You can yeah, run in there without spell suppress and still 
be fine. It's You want spell suppress when you're like, I'm trying to do uber uber content, and I want to survive some of their attacks. That's when you need spell suppress. Or you're doing juice delirium, right? You're juicing up the maps. That's when you need spell suppress, and you can build towards that. That's like the power fantasy. If I'm min-maxing my character, I think that power being available to get to should be fine, because you're trying to beat the hardest content. You're obviously going to invest to do it, right? I see that point, but I still feel like the majority of players that focus on hardcore play are are basically forced into suppress. I mean, at least mm-hmm. that's how they feel about it. That's what I get from the general discourse around uh, defensive builds and Path of Exile. That's pretty much at least determination, defiance, banner, and spell suppression cap is needed as like baseline mm-hmm. defenses for for endgame. And and, Which- and those don't even match, right? Like you've got hardcore witches playing what is i think the tankiest like hardcore build that's used for gauntlet using spells with high int requirements and tons of blue sockets using evasion gear because they have to to get suppression and then scaling armor on their blue socket build and mm, what it's like you're you're playing hardcore you're you you can't afford to die. You obviously yeah. have to get every good defensive layer available. You're playing the yeah. hardest version of hardcore. If spell suppress isn't there, if they give you some other defensive layer, you're obviously going to switch to that, and that's going to be mandatory because you're playing the hardest version of the game possible. I don't mm. know if that's a good argument for how you should balance the whole game, though. Yeah, no, no, definitely, I agree. It's just... There is a good amount of ways to get to that spell suppression cap between like anointing notables, picking the stuff on the tree, itemizing for it. Yeah. I, I just think it is a little bit too homogenous. It's I'm fine with it right now. I'm having fun with the game. And obviously there's a lot of things that could be improved. We went already pretty heavy on the criticism for the Sentinel and the Arch Nemesis stuff. But Overall, I feel the game is in a great state, and we did get a criticism. We did get criticisms for for saying that on the last podcast. It's like, how can you say the game is in a good state with this oh, bullshit and it. with like proxy builds being so much stronger than melee and like everything? And those points are fair, but I still think the game is in a better state than it was like a year ago because all those problems were problems a year ago as well. It's like yeah, if you get hardcore- spells suppressed, don't hardcore builds just die, and they're going to want another, it's something else to help them defensively? Wait, I'm not saying get rid of spell suppress. I'm saying like create an alternative where not every build has to get spell suppress, but there's something else. Like when I, like I did the absolution guardian in in Gauntlet, I did glancing blows block cap for a long time, but eventually I always wanted spell suppress because even with block cap, there's still these twenty five percent chance that it does nothing. Consistency mm-hmm. versus I die twenty five percent of the time is a huge difference. Oh yeah. <laughs> so. If there was a way to get blocked to 100%, but make it a lower mitigation or something like basically make it a weaker form of spell suppression. But that, yeah, wouldn't that just be spell suppression though? Like, Probably, yeah. That would just yeah. be an, another way yet to get spell suppression again. Yeah. <laughs> so but then you'd be at the same, you'd be at square one. It's just spell suppression on every build, right? Well, it, like we said in the beginning, we don't have the answers. We don't have the solutions <laughs> to the problems. Yeah. I, just, I just feel that people saying yeah. that it's a little bit too homogenous have a point but yeah yeah outside of um being able to get spell suppression on every possible base now in the game if you just recombinate enough what are some of the other strong ways of moving mods onto bases where they cannot naturally Mm. spawn 
Is there anything else that you... Well, I mean, parallel to spell suppression, there's obviously the, the phys damage reduction on, on uh, strength basis that you can have on shields and... Uh, yep, that's the big one for me right now. Anything else, though? Any noteworthy I mean, examples that you can tell us so about much. without... There's so many. Temple gloves? Temple helmets? Essence mods? Like, you want to get ones. yourself a claw right now? You don't. Yep. You don't have to get yourself a claw. No one should be buying a high LEDPS claw. That shouldn't be a thing. You're wasting your money. Yeah. What you want to do is go buy twenty bases of a good item level and some essences, and you just throw a lightning essence on one and a cold essence on the other, and you smash them together. And if it fails, you go again until until you've got both of them. And then you throw a fire one on the last one. You smash them together until you got three prefixes. And when it fails, inevitably, you buy twenty more bases. And then I just gonna say. <laughs> <laughs> My recommendation on play if you spent more than the market cost of the yep. <laughs> If you if you're doing this in SSF, I was just going to say uh make sure you build up a whole bunch of recombinators before you do that. I I did that with I think I had <laughs> I don't know, I had 9 or 10 left over after a first after I tried using them on another uh item that I was making and I I spent all 10 of my recombinators and I used them every single time I was smashing together two Imperial Claws with a deafening essence elemental mod. And my current claw that I have after all 10 of those has three fizz prefixes. (laughs) That's where I'm at right now. So it's great. I made a blade vortex claw while trying for a lightning strike claw. I don't know how, but it's been fun. Even though you missed that many times, there's still the scenario where you yoloed something the first time and got some ungodly result. You're like, oh, that's what. Yeah, my first result didn't keep the second deafening mod, but I still got. I basically kept a deafening cold. I got a like tier four added fire, but I also gained uh, an attack speed mod, and I was like, oh, we're almost done, and then it immediately. Break both of those mods. Um, uh, one of the people that I play with, um, one of our mods, uh, bought went and bought like a whole bunch of imbued wands to make a a triple essence wand, and spent two recombinators. Took three wands, just fucking I boom. Hate, I hate everything. <laughs> it's just, it's right there. I got a triple <laughs> essence wand. Let's go. <laughs> yep. Recombinators, give and they take, man. Yeah. <laughs> And like inevitably, when I go to do it, because I'm going to go do it too, I'm going to have a hundred bases, and then I'm going to run out, and I'm going to buy more. Inevitably, but you could do it in three. Yep. My first recombinator I ever used is still by far the most powerful thing I've ever made. It's still a thing that I'm wearing, and every recombinator I've had since then has been some form of either status keep the status quo or a complete failure. <laughs> Yeah, my first, I talked about this on the last episode, but it was such a fun uh, result that I want to bring it up again. That my first recombinator was actually a weapon recombinator. So I had a uh, plus three bow gems from a corrupted zone. And I was like, okay, this would have been really good to sell for, for a good amount of chaos, but obviously it's corrupted. No one's going to bother to six socket and six link that for the insane cost. But then I yeah. took a six link bow from the porcupine card and I combined mm-hmm. that with the plus three corrupted one, and I got the uncorrupted base, got item level 69, nice, and I got the plus three bow gems, and then I ended up selling it for like 1.2 or 1.5x, yep. which was uh, some really good needed profit early on to get the summoner going. Yeah, and as on the topic of like getting unique things on like recombinations, the fact you can get delve specific mods onto non like onto influence bases or synthesized bases 
or getting the plus level, plus fire spell onto a suppressed shield, or percent fire damage onto an armor shield. There's so many, like, good outcomes where you can basically take the best of both worlds, where you have access to these good mods on this item, and these good mods on this item, and throw it together. It's, just, it's so fun to create those items, but then you, you do end up buying multiple different bases, and you miss a lot of times, but when you hit it, it's just like, that is a cool thing that we were able to make, because we're combinators. I'm I'm waiting for somebody with the most giant set of balls to get a plus one maximum power charge ring and recombinate that onto a plus one maximum power charge synth base and just have two power charges on a ring. Someone showed me a plus two endurance charge ring. Definitely already. People have already done those, to be honest. Yeah, that's crazy. I I think I I haven't seen them, but. Yeah, yeah, I saw somebody who already did a plus one frenzy synth with with plus one frenzy mod plus the cold per damage horror mod. It's like <laughs> so disgusting. Like previously, people would pay you know hundred plus X just for the plus one frenzy base, and then you're risking that on a recombinator. It's like the item power level I think is just through the roof compared to like the potential for things you can make. That's that's a good point. Yeah. Like the. What's also awesome about the recombinators is how useful they are at any level of gearing. Like you can take them and make those like insane items where you're literally gambling together two triple digit exalt worth items. And then on the lowest level, you can have a a person who's fairly new just just go to Craft of Exile, just look for the mod you want, and just you finally get to know like no matter what it's on, you can get it on a on a base that works for you. Yep. That's really cool. I I if I'm looking at a budget character, I'm I'm thrift shopping, buying item pieces that have like a couple good mods, and I'm chucking them together. If yeah. I'm on the mirror tier budget, I'm looking for really good mods, and I'm chucking them together, and it's yeah enjoyable either way. <laughs> That's great. Mm. What I really like so far is when I've been trying to craft that amulet. When you have like a, a recombinator craft where one base is not as expensive and the other one is kind of expensive, it always feels good when you kind of get you don't win. But you get the stalemate because you keep the good mod on on the on the resulting item, so you can use it as yep. a base for the next craft and just next buy the cheap time, base again. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. The perfect on. the perfect example that plus one that plus one amulet that I had when I recombinated it with the plus one fire, the other mods on the plus one uh, all skills amulet were absolute garbage. It was like damage to attacks. It was stuff that I could not care less about. And even though I didn't hit the plus two, now that plus one all skills amulet has like mana regen and has spell damage on it. And I was like, that's already, that's already a win. And we'll just go from there. <laughs> Net positive. We go again. Definitely don't yeah. we'll, we'll work back to the stone ages without the plus one. <laughs> yep. Yeah, basically. One of the craziest things that isn't even related to transferring mods is the fact you can change item levels. You can take bases oh, that absurd that are oh, could yeah. never be a high item level and make them a high item level, which is like hilariously strong. Yeah. That's where we get into like, I don't know how the actual programming of the game works. That would be the thing to me. I, maybe I'm way off. That's the thing to me where if recombinators stay past this league, I could see that changing probably more than any other thing about them is just changing item levels is so unbelievably powerful. It's it's so weird to me that it can do that. I mean, you have to have a higher item level thing first anyway. Yeah. It's yeah, not I like you it. just it's not like um 
what is it? Uh, expedition where you can just you know be level level ninety, but you haven't left white maps, and you can just like yeah. re-roll the currency into a into an eighty six base or whatever. It's not like that. At least you have to mm-hmm. you have to have high level items first. You have to get the item level the div cards with the item level hundred this or that, right? The weird use yeah. case yeah. item At level hundred matters. Yeah. It's done weird stuff to, to div cards. It's made porcupines way more appealing. <laughs> right. Oh, yeah, porcupines are awesome now. That. Yeah, they're super cool. Just get some shit item level 88 bows off the ground and just, yep. just throw them at the nothing worth six link just to see if it comes up. Yep. Pretty cool. Right, yeah, you don't even need good mods on it. Just it's worth the recombinating just to get a good six link high level base. Yep. Yep. Super strong. So besides making sure that there's no other competing affixes when you try to recombine two items, are there any other ways how you maximize the chance of uh, getting what you want? Repeating mods is a big one. Like for example, Getting high life on, like, say, say I'm making a righteous fire shield. Getting high life is a priority, right? But mm-hmm. it's also a pretty mod outcome. So I could get a shield with high life, max fire res, and I could get a shield with high life, spell suppress. The chance of me getting high life back is very high now that I have a repeating mod. But then it's like I'm only gambling to try to combine a two mod item when I'm actually gambling for a three mod item. In terms of, like, if you want to increase your odds of something, I'd say... Definitely try to get some level of repeating mods. Doesn't guarantee it, but it increases your odds significantly of getting the three mod or the four mod outcome is when you have some level of repeating mods in it. Yeah, that that's true. That's actually one step I forgot to mention when recombinating the porcupine bow with the corrupted bow. I did use an essence of dread to get the plus yep. two bow gems onto yeah. the porcupine that base to make a higher hi- higher outcome probability. Yeah. Um. Perhaps the one other thing that I'd consider suggesting is it like the mid-level gearing, like low to mid-level, not entry gear, but like decent stuff. I tend to think you will have a better chance of making really good items, at least from a trade perspective, if you focus on either prefixes or suffixes of an item, because yep. it is very easy, especially in your gloves, boots, chest, and helm, um, because of the Ica currency and stuff, but it is very yep. easy to change and re-roll all of the prefixes or all of the suffixes. Yeah. So if you're looking for to combine two or three suffixes, your outcomes can be a lot better than if you're like, oh, I need this prefix from this item and this suffix from another. Because then if you recombine them, whatever you get, even if you hit it, that's what you've got. Because you can't... It's, it's, it's a very difficult process to get mods off an item when you care about both sides. Yeah, yeah, right. It complicates the further crafting process. I'm yeah. doing that specifically with my chest slot right now. I really want Gravisius mod. I really want Guat's Lady's Life. But once I get those two together, which it's just getting one mod of each, and yeah. even those bases are expensive at this point, once I get those together, I can make suffixes, and I have GG prefixes already with just those two mods. Yep. <laughs> right. That's awesome. Well, we already answered the question of whether they should go into the core game when we talked about Sentinel. I think we all think that they're they're a great way to enhance the the crafting and the fun of the game, and they're good for the economy. Is there any reason they shouldn't go core, or anything that should be looked at other than the item level raising? More common. Do you think they should be even more common than they are now? 
Mm, I actually think they're okay now. It's just when they go core, I'm not going to have. You say you're getting six per map. No, no, no. The recombinators need to be more common. Not the not the robots. I'm not getting six per map. I'm getting six T per map. (laughs) I I, I thought I understood earlier that you said you're getting six recombinators per map, or someone with sentinel rewards on your. Uh, no, recombinated recombinators are in a good spot right now, but only because my sentinels keep handing me more of them. If that when goes core, and we don't core, get the robots. Yeah, true. If that I, goes the, core at ten percent, yeah, then yeah, they need to be way more common. The recombinators. If I'm not going to have the robots, or if they're only going to be on eight percent of my maps, then the recombinators themselves are going to need to be way more common. It, yeah, and if and I'm always worried about like because when they when they take stuff and make it and put it in the core game, even I'm worried that when they do that, they're going to be it's not necessarily nursed to how it works, but just like lower weighting, so like weighting more toward bad outcomes. And if that happens, it's going to be even more important if they go core to for them to be more common. I don't know if that made sense. That was kind of rambling, but yeah, I feel like the recombinators right now. I, I think a lot of people will disagree with me, but honestly, I feel like they're stronger than Harvest in terms of what they can do. Oh yeah, oh yeah. Um, but even with that said, Harvest, I was thinking, yeah, this needs to be nerfed, and part of that was because Harvest is such an unfun mechanic. Recombinators are like the exact opposite thing in that they're healthy for the economy, they give so many things worth, and they're enjoyable to use. That you don't have to interrupt your gameplay. You don't have to do something that's unfun. It's like I want to craft now. Okay, let me just get together all those recombinators I'm gathered, and let me just go at it. Let me enjoy this mechanic. Versus harvest was it was powerful and it was extremely unfun. Or at least I think in in terms of a tr- obtrusive gameplay. Well, I guess one factor or one layer to that is also that, like you said, in the end, if you boil it down, that recombinator crafting is always gambling. There's never a guaranteed outcome. Whereas with Harvest, there were certain things that you could do that were just guaranteed. Kind of the inverse, yeah. All those other mods. Yeah. The thing is, before Harvest existed, there was no such thing as guaranteed deterministic crafting the way people believe it to exist now. And this is a return to the ways of crafting originally. And I just way prefer it. Some level of risk, some level of gamble, you don't know what's going to happen. And it's, it's also really easy to make a decent item, but really difficult to make a disgusting item. And that's good. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, I think that that about sums it up. I don't want to exhaust your time more than I already have. We're a little bit over time. We should probably route things off at this point. Is there anything that was left unmentioned where you have a strong feeling that you still want to bring that up? Like that. <laughs> okay. Well, any closing notes uh, on on ambitions, projects, hopes, anything you would like to? Uh, to plug before we uh, call it a day. Wow. I think of anything. <laughs> I'm, spe- I'm speechless. We it's had rare. such a good conversation. Everyone is perfectly satiated. And, and one of done. my one goals for the league is just going to be creating better items than I did in Harvest. 
with Recombinators, but that's probably going to brutalize me on the way there with how many misses we're going to have in the process. But I just think with the new Sentinel mods, I think the potential is just so crazy for the items that will be made. I'm just excited to see what people make. Are you going to take some uh, Recombinators into a permanent standard and, and craft with some legacy stuff after the no. league is done? I, I, if I go to standard, I have to look at my stash tab, and that is a disaster that oh, I am so pretending doesn't exist. Yeah. I'm just bringing it up because someone, for the people who are only listening to this podcast, someone linked an item in chat that was really disgusting and obviously was a recombination of uh, fractured legacy mods, and it is an amulet with 70% crit multi, 79 max life, 5% increased max life, and 20% increased quantity of items, all mods fractured. That's, <laughs> that's pretty ridiculous. That's insane. Yeah. That's impressive. <laughs> now put it on to a crit multi or quantity talisman. Right. Mm. You have to mm. recombine it with a talisman for the true end no balls. <laughs> What, um, that's just that's just a normal Tuesday for standard players. Actually, good point from chat. The one other thing that wasn't mentioned with recombinators that people should all be aware of: uh, the tag mirrored means nothing. Oh, you can yeah. just recombinate a mirrored item. <laughs> just so, and if it even if it picks the mirrored base, doesn't matter. The mirrored tag's gone. You can craft on it. Wait, it always removes the mirrored tag. It mirrors, removes the mirror tag. This is what mirror? Wait, I, I did not know that. It can pick the mirrored base, but then it doesn't copy the mirrored state? Because if it picks a corrupted base, it picks the corrupted state. Yeah, which is weird, but there are plenty of items that are made from standard. There's a few standard items like that one. Both of those are not... Those people aren't risking their 12 mirror amulet bases. Yeah. Oh, they, they mirror the thing and then they combine it. Off their amulet. That's and then make crazy. one out of it. <laughs> that is so crazy. Uh, all right. On second thought, there, there's probably some adjustments that they're going to have to make to recombinators <laughs> if they want them in court. Delete them immediately. <laughs> that, the, mirror, the mirror stock just went up That's, 5,000%. Wow. That's crazy. <laughs> So maybe that on its own, maybe that could be nerfed. Either either you can't use it on mirrored items, or if it picks the mirrored base, it's still a mirrored item, so you can't use it. Maybe That's maybe sweet. something like that could be nerfed yeah. for standard reasons. But also, like I don't play standard, so I don't care. Yeah, who cares? Uh, yeah, now. yeah. But this time they've groomed their player base uh, properly, so that most people uh, only care about the temp leaks, which is, I think, what they want, and that's also a good place to be in. kind of like the idea that we have that infinite sandbox existing for those few people who want to play around there with like old characters, old gear, old stuff, do a little bit of bossing practice. I've made use of that whenever there was a huge endgame yeah. update and just yep. buy like 10 mavens and practice them. But overall, I don't care about that. And then even if they gave us proper tools to sort out the stash there and to make it all a little bit more playable, I probably wouldn't care to put in the time. Even if they chopped down the time required to sort my stash by 90%, it'd still be hours to get through it. Yeah, yeah so that was that. Thank you for coming on. Um, uh, 
since you guys all were so very silent on the on the does anyone want to add anything i'm going to just quickly tell people if you're not familiar with captain lance you want to go and follow the link in chat to his twitch channel and then also go and give the man a subscription on youtube and enjoy some of his excellent content specifically for this league but also has received a lot of praise for build guides in the past so uh for me it was really the 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 sentinel content though that sold me on you i've been uh been following for a while but i'm glad you like the recommend air content <laughs> that was uh yeah it was really an eye-opener <laughs> um Shack Central, like I mentioned in the introduction, is the author of a very popular cold damage over time build guide. And also, you're doing other build guides now. Not only that one, right? There's another one coming, yeah. or is it already out? <clears throat> yeah, I'm I'm kind of mid-process on six more. I decided to make, be, because the new player issue is such a big problem for me, I really enjoy helping new players get into the game. I'm working on making a build guide for every class that's similar. So like, no matter what class you want to play, you'll have a build guide for that, so... It's a very long-term project. I've been working on it for like four or five months, and it's still ongoing. The hero we don't deserve. <laughs> I don't know about that. I'm working on I something. I feel like I'm losing similar. my sanity. How much, how much do you regret deciding to do six at once instead of just like one more and then one more? The original <laughs> idea when I talked about this to my Discord mods, our original idea was to try to secretly make one for every ascendancy. So this actually feels like a scaled-down version. So. <laughs> <laughs> that's my oh, lifetime goal <laughs> oh, we'll get there eventually but the upkeep Oof. yeah so the update videos are the update videos as they're being made are going out on 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 youtube so that trying to keep people more updated as they're now being more a little bit more public yeah yeah uh, uh i mean not right now i might still be be able to handle but like once you got all the build guides up and if ggg keeps up the trend of like uh Following up the leak starts so quickly after patch notes. I mean, I guess we have the patch notes earlier than we used to years ago. But still, it's it's rough to uh, update like six build guides. Yeah, this this is a this is a much bigger topic. But that's the reason the reason it's taken so long is that they're all templated exactly the same. So no matter what happens, I know exactly what I have to do for each one of them because they all are being formatted exactly the same. So when there's an update, I know right where to go. So it cuts down on that time a lot. Approaching it intelligently. That's good. Maybe. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right. Yeah, looking forward to that. And uh, Balor, what sort of content can we expect from you? Are you switching builds anytime soon or are you working on another uh, premium video? Every single day, I am torn between just min maxing this character and playing it all the way to 100 or making a new build. Um, I have like four more builds that I want to play just on the top of my head. Uh, one of them being MF, um, and one being a boss killer, and one being something that apparently, as far as PUE Ninja is concerned, no one else is playing, um, which looks interesting as well. But Omniscience Tornado Shot is just so much fun to play. And so, I don't know, maybe I just want to mid-max that more. I have no idea. Are you going the for the like, challenges? Are you going for 40 out of 40 this league? Mm, that doesn't sound like me. I don't know. Well, I'm just saying because then level 100 is like part of that anyway. And you can just get to 100 first and then reroll. Yeah, I don't know. I'll think about that like in month two somewhere and decide if I want to bother. 
So my goal was right from the start in Softcore Trade to do the challenges. Uh, but I'm also like torn in between rolling a new character and like continuing this because getting the summer nerd to 100 is going to be a tedious project with the clear speed that it has. I was like, maybe make a, an actual zoomer build, like some occultist BV or Death Solve or something like that, just to blast through the maps. Dude, do the full softcore experience. You, you've been playing hardcore for so long, just try it. You might, you might find out you like it. You know, get that, get the different experience while you're I here. Mean, I'm somewhere between 200 and 300 deaths at level 97. I feel like I immersed in the softcore experience. I'm, I'm using a reasonable account uh, of full, my portals. Full clear speed juicer. Damn. I feel like I had that much. Deaths we when are. I reached maps, but okay. <laughs> no, <laughs> are no playing very on, different the, games. on the footage I was showing in the middle of viewport, you had 319 deaths when you checked yesterday or the day before. Okay. Yeah, so. that's when he got the maps, and then he then he got some defenses and hasn't died since. <laughs> yeah, Actually, true. I mean, you're using Headhunter with all the defenses. Day one. Half of my deaths, at least day one. Yeah, day, day one was fun. Yeah. <laughs> well, anyway, without trying to uh, open another can of worms, just quickly for the people in chat, I want to thank you for being here. If you've missed the beginning of the podcast, it's uploaded in full to my YouTube. You can also listen to it on the podcasting platforms that you get your podcast from. It's pretty much on every single one, 24 hours from this live broadcast because of the Twitch exclusivity clause. And uh, I want to take the chance to uh, gracefully thank everyone who's been supporting with subs, with gift subs, with Patreon subs uh, and direct donations. It really helps a long way. And all this content is obviously created solely for the purpose of your entertainment and your information. Um, And I don't have any other revenue than the ad from YouTube videos and the uh, stuff from Twitch. So thanks to those of you who appreciate so much that they support. And also, of course, if you enjoy the content from the guests, make sure that you support them to uh, ensure that there will be content in the future because no one knows what happens in these difficult times when a liter of oil costs four euro. (laughs) Anyway, thanks everyone for joining. Have a wonderful week. Next Faded Connections, next Saturday, I believe it's, 8 a.m. GMT with Tenki. Let me quickly check. Nice. And there will be, of course, another guest that will announce somewhere during the week. So if you want to be in touch for that announcement, then uh, follow me on Twitter. This is where I usually tell people when and how the podcast takes place, like 24 hours before that. Uh, until then, have a wonderful time in your week. Use recombinators and... Uh, Farm some Sentinel stuff because it is very good. Thank you. Yeah. Bye. Right, peace out. Yeah. See you. Thanks for having me.